I forgot. Did I do it? I did get it. Yeah, it's I'm recording. Not, okay. Uh, cool. All right. So I don't even know what freaking episode this is, but welcome back to the syndicated podcast with Brandon and Chris. I'm Brandon. That's Chris. Hello. Um, yeah, this might be we are episode five, five maybe. Well, I'm, I'm rolling with I'm rolling with six. No, because we were on that was four and five, so this is six. Yes. So episode six already of yes. our of our podcast here and uh, off the heels of full gear. Uh, a really awesome weekend of wrestling. Love those Saturday pay per views. Um, we're going to kind of go over full gear, go over the card a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit more about basketball and introduce a new segment that we're going to do kind of towards the end of that. Um, but just jumping right in, man, um, yeah. full gear. I mean, I, so I didn't catch the, the buy-in show. So like the, like the pre-show. Yeah. Um, so we can just kind of skip out. I know it was like Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa and her Karoshita. Just cool. I didn't tag team match to start what off. The lineup was for the pre-show, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was just one. It was just one, one, one match, like the tag match. So I watched, uh, I watched the the whole card uh, on Sunday, the day after, just because I was like, you know, long weekend didn't get back. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I have seen a better opening pay-per-view match oh, than that Darby <laughs> Allen uh, MJF match. I, I mean, I've said this before, maybe not on the pod because I don't remember, but um, MJF is what his character, who he is as a person, is built for that long heel title run that you know is coming. For sure. It's, it's, I mean, next year, next two years, he's, he, he's, I mean, he's, he's already pretty much the best heel in wrestling. Um, yeah. So once he gets, I mean, once he gets a title, once I mean, I mean, we can go through like kind of the way the match went, but the ending of the classic that William Regal pulling out the brass yeah. knuckles, um, doing the whole like distraction with the ref. A lot of great finishes on this pay per view. Um, I was gonna say one of the things that you aim for in a pay per view, it really any wrestling event, but really pay per views is how you can make both wrestlers look good, or at least like both competitors look good, and. I mean, there were a couple matches through the night that I was like, okay, kind of, I mean, the Cody, the Cody tag match, like for what it was like, and we'll, we'll get to that, but um, no, I, I don't think there was, I mean, there was uh, the majority of the, of the, of the, the matches on this card came out with both wrestlers looking better than they were when they came in. Yeah. And this match a hundred percent did hundred percent did. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I didn't know, like I knew, I, obviously Darby's really good. Um, I didn't yeah. know he was that good i really I, these two guys these two like AEW original homegrown talents um it, it's funny because mjf did this this promo leading up to it he's like we're the original cool guys here we're supposed to do this we're supposed to have yeah. these battles and he had like a really um call them the pillars like two of yeah. the four pillars in AEW. I mean, and you felt that in the match it was like yeah. these guys this is this is what this company is and and for them to open the pay-per-view like that i mean that match was high enough quality and um i mean meant enough to their regular like weekly show that that could have right. been higher on the card and it would have you know made total sense uh but it, it, opening the show was excellent i mean it, it got me jetted for the rest of the pay-per-view and it's crazy too because you see, I mean, there are a couple of matches going into this pay per view to begin with that had kind of like a smaller build up. I mean, still had great build up, but like this match alone, just the build up made made it so much better because there's no one that has more heat in wrestling right now than MJF. I, I think 
just the way that he carries himself, the, the promos, just like attacking any personal thing he can attack. Like that's, that's that just leading up to this, like, and having a guy like Darby Allen, that's just so over it. The match itself was fantastic, mm-hmm. but the ending of that match, it, it really just kind of told the story because we're, yep. I, this is not the end of Darby versus MJF, which is awesome. No, it was, and it, it, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, because you were talking about how he's, I mean, you're totally right with MJF being built to be that long running heel, kind of like the Kenny, right? Like Kenny was, was the champ for almost a year and you had every good guy going up against him to, to fight for the title. And MJF is so, is, is so positioned to do that where you can have this match with Darby Allen. That's fine. And I think this will probably, this feud will, I mean, hopefully ironically and and fortunately end with mjf going after the title because this talk about making someone like building on top of somebody's character like having darby lose in the way he did having mjf win in the way he did and the way he acted on the leading up to this like it it just it's good storytelling and that's the thing that i've been seeing a lot from people like the e-drones like the people that hate aew that love wwe it's like they're not telling stories it's just wrestling it's like no man like if you if you've been watching the main event was like a two year story culmination in this main event, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, one thing I I didn't even mean to gloss over. Um, not only did you have that incredible Darby entrance with the the whole music vignette video yeah. with the black and white vignette with you know the the face of MJF getting the car accident cool. you know shades of him and him and his uncle's car accident right really cool um re- I mean really cool just psychotic ass entrance um and then in MJF's entrance he had the ring announcer um announce the man who can beat Darby Allen with yeah. a headlock takeover match so awesome. at the end of the match <laughs> and it's so funny because like you forget about that after as this yeah. incredible match going on you have these nasty near falls um that flipping stunner that darby hit on mjf oh. was brutal i mean these guys oh, were man. killing each other out of the match like i said william regal brass knuckles he puts his he grabs darby's head and i'm like no fucking way it's <laughs> with the headlock takeover yeah. roll up pin and like you can tell, they they said something to each other at the end of the match, which is like, I mean, MJF's such a pro that we'll we'll just never know what was said. I mean, it's yeah. funny because we talk, you know, a lot of people were talking about like what was said at the end of the, um, you know, Adam Page Omega, yeah. not Adam Page. Um, no, Adam Page. No, it is Adam Page. Yeah, yeah. Adam Page. Uh, yeah. What was said at the end of the match, and it's like, no, I told like I'm all all on board with that. I know that's part of the story, but I was more so wondering what Darby and Darby and um, MJF said. Yeah, because that that was you, an incredible incredible story told. Um, I really, yeah. I mean, it won't be the last time we see those guys. someday. That'll be a main event match. Uh, though, yeah. I mean, like you said, pillars of AEW really showed out. And what's cool too about it is that when you, I mean, like, I mean, just in comparison to the end of the main event. You can kind of you kind of know what Adam Page is saying to Kenny Omega, right? Like he, he's like, it's more of like because they've been friends for a long time. You know, you know he's like thanking him for the opportunity, like just basic. But like that match was the best, like MJF versus Darby, best match either of them have had since since debuting. I think um, I did. I I didn't watch when he when MJF was going through that feud with Chris Jericho. I know that the first match that they had is like lauded as a really good match and like one of MJF's best, but like. In terms of storytelling, in terms of 
close like uh near falls and just spots alone like put these two in a match together i'll watch an hour of it i'll watch an hour of that like that's and what what was crazy about it too and this, this is something i think that AEW will run into a lot because they love to put their best matches first is i think this match took the crowd out a little bit in the beginning because you can tell like yeah, the time. following the following matches it was a little quiet i mean there were still a lot of chance there were still people saying this is awesome like all that stuff but like I guess we're so accustomed to like having a production truck pumping sound into, mm. into a crowd that like right. you don't really understand that in those like in the middle of a match it's not always loud you know they're not always screaming they're paying attention like people are watching the match that's going on and yeah. seeing what's going on and it's it, funny you can like, you can yeah. tell it's I was just gonna say you can tell the difference between a smart wrestling crowd and just a mark wrestling crowd yeah no like, and it's funny because when you we talk about these like obscenely pro WWE fans on uh, Twitter and I never understand them. And I honestly, like, I, you're not, you're not supposed to like hate follow people, but I do. Cause yeah. I just feel like with some of these people, cause I just want to see like, there are literally like these pages that make like, it's like, they just have like videos of like AEW botches, which is funny. I mean, like, it's like, Oh, you know, all shows have botches. All match mania. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I mean, yeah. It's like, it, but so they have one for AEW, but like the page isn't really a botch page as much. It is. It's just like a shit on AEW, like it, which yeah. is like it's fine if it's a botch, whatever. Because I like I love that shit. Yeah, um, I love watching botches; they're funny. And I mean, we'll talk about a, a, a botch spot that happened tonight in this uh, at this pay per view that I think made the match a little better. Um, oh yeah, but no, it's just 100%. like it's it's interesting because like I one complaint I saw that they were like they were complaining that the crowd chants "This is awesome" too much, and it's like, why is that? <laughs> Is yeah, I'm so mad that people are enjoying <laughs> the matches, and it's funny because what uh, what was the next match on the card? Because it got it. This the is tag. awesome, chant. It was the right, tag match. dude. Oh my god, it, it, let's just jump right into it. Um, oh, Lucha's, Lucha, Lucha Bros and FTR, FTR could not have a bad match if they tried. Um, I, like two of the best, and, and it's cool too because like when you get these matchups where it's like conflicting styles that work so well with each other, like. Yeah. You can have these flippy, you know, luchadors running all over the place, but then you have FTR who are so technically sound. And like, of course, they incorporate that lucha. I mean, they've incorporated the lucha style a lot more because they're the AAA tag team title champions. But like, just having it, you, I mean, it's the same thing when I think it was them versus the Young Bucks um, last year at a full gear that was lauded as like the best tag team match ever. This tag match, like, it may not be the best one ever but it was start to finish. Like you're, you're on the edge of your seat. You don't know who's going to win. Come and those guys all day, man. Oh, all night, man. And, and it's so, I mean, it's crazy. It, there was, it, it was cool. We talked about um, ending spots, right? So there was, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but either, Dax and Cash switched masks so that they yeah. would have the illegal man in. They just, um, they just put masks on. They, they just put, masks, put masks, on, masks on. And then they like, yeah. they did, they did something to trick the ref. Um, before yeah. that, though, so both Dax and Cash get knocked down. One of them gets knocked down first. The ref, so both both the luchas go for a pin. Um, the ref doesn't notice the first pin and counts the second pin, even though the first pin that takes place goes for like five seconds. The ref doesn't see it. Counts counts the second pin he sees. 
I have never seen that before in wrestling. And it's funny because the, the commentators pointed it out, but the match keeps going. It's not like some big, yeah. like, fuck the fit. Like, what I like about AEW, the way they do this, and there's throughout the, throughout the show, commentators are like, that was a slow count. Or, right. you know, the ref slowing the countdown to give Dana Ryan some, or, pff, wow, Brian Danson sometimes. <laughs> They are. I'm, I'm, talking about, JR. I'm talking about these. I'm like these fucking WWE marks. No, yeah. um, right. No, you're so, right. And the, the cool thing too, and I mean, they never get enough credit, but the refs that during the PV, pay-per-view full gear were amazing fantastic. because they, they told the story along with it. Like that whole dude, I've never talked about things you've never seen before. And this probably happened a bunch in wrestling, but that, I mean, going back to the last match, when MJF and Darby were just rolling around in that um, in that cradle pin, mm. amazing! Like it's just like that's 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 wrestling. Like that's that's the yeah. entertainment factor of wrestling you want to see because that there were a bunch of those near falls in that match where like they were both holding each other down and there was a double count and like just just that storytelling where you incorporate the refs right like you mm. incorporate like obviously like there's always there's always like the distraction element there's always someone like jumping on on the on the apron to like distract the ref but like the ref doing stuff like that like not seeing a pin and then counting the the pin that he does see and just it's again i mean even the way the match ended because it was it was um right. the illegal the wrong got pinned and it's funny because it's like okay i'm conditioned as a wrestling fan it's like all right the wrong guy got paid they're going to reverse the decision belts go back to the champs no they just they stuck yeah. with it they look like there's some confusions in the ring and they still count it because like honestly if it was a real show they wouldn't want to switch like it's like they wouldn't do that to the crowd you know what right. i mean like sometimes exactly. all those it's like I'm so conditioned with WWE. It's like every false finish. It's like you see one and you're like, oh, they, this is just a, a way to keep the belt on the champion. Yeah, here it's, comes the GM. Here yeah, comes somebody. Yeah, to, to and it's funny it because yeah. they looked like they were doing that, but they still went with it. So they could, I mean, they awesome. could undo it um, this week on, you know, Rampage or Dynamite. But you're um, going to watch it, right? Well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> I'm, I want to tune in because it's like they did pin the illegal man. There, There's definitely a rematch in store. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, dude, I... I'm in love with FTR. I I mean they're talk they were talking so about awesome. bringing uh bringing the Briscoes to AEW from um from the Ring of Honor shutdown and I mean that not, not a shutdown actually you know what we probably should have done our, our Ring of Honor research because that would have been a good thing to talk about but anyway uh, folks <laughs> <laughs> so, I know a little um, bit of it but not too yeah much to no like I know I mean a lot of people were like one one thing that sucked you know we'll just touch on it quickly um I I always like more competition or wrestling so like the whole yeah. like people being like excited that it was shut down and like oh we, we get to get the library now it's like you know man the cool thing about ring of honor is their library has always been accessible um right and you just i have don't to go think, find it yeah it's like i don't know you know i don't want people to like lose their jobs i like that i like there being competitive companies i and especially when you have bigger companies now like aw who work with those smaller companies right um that's huge. open the forbidden door they yeah work with like they work with AAA. they work with uh well triple is not really small but um they work with you know the the japanese companies and stuff so it's you kind of i read that, something like, open world kind of thing so yeah I, you know i whatever's happening in the room of honor um i hope for the best i really do i'm not i'm not too worried about roh in the sense that there are so many alums from ROH that just love it so much that mm. there's no way they're going to let it die. Like, mm. I don't, I don't see like a, like a Tony Khan or like a Vince McMahon coming in and just like buying ROH. Cause like ROH is there because that's the indie program in my, in my mind, how I've always saw ROH is like, if you don't want to go WWE or AEW in and stay in the States, 
you wrestle for ROH because mm-hmm. like that's the the indie program that has so much notoriety, so many alums that have come out of there and said nothing but good things. Like yeah, yeah. Punk Punk said it like a couple weeks ago. Like he left R- Ring of Honor and he left professional wrestling. Like mm-hmm. that's oh, man, so that was, that was an awesome quote. We'll, we'll get to oh, uh, man. we'll get to him in a minute. We'll get to that 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 match, man. <laughs> cool. But um, match. so it, I'm not worried in a sense that like we've already seen. I mean, we'll get to this later too. Like we've already seen that that forbidden door is starting to open up a little bit more with ROH guys because we've already started to see one person come in. But I'm not worried about them. I know that COVID for those like lower programs, those lower, you know, I mean, watching wrestling during the pandemic, man, was painful as hell because the whole whole thing was you need the crowd there. And especially in the indie scene, man, like the crowd is everything there. Like Mm -hmm. Vince will make money despite himself. Like Tony Khan is, you know, already so rich that he can just fund this company and like give them everything that they need and still lose money on it and he won't care the thing is is like these lower companies like a czw and roh like they they so are so like crowd dependent that you can see stuff like this happening but again i don't i don't see it completely folding like i they yeah. there's a plan in place where they're going to come back in like spring of 2022 which i desperately hope happens um because it's like you said like there needs to be competition and it's not just like the two big dogs, a WWE, it's everybody else because mm-hmm. everybody else makes everybody else better. Everybody else makes you want to watch those. Cause like you hear like, Oh, Adam page is a former like six time ROH tag team champion. And he's now a W champion. And it's like, Oh, well, okay. Obviously those guys are pretty damn good if they're coming from this indie circuit to coming up here. So no, it, it does stink and, and it's unfortunate, but you know, they're got they're they're gonna get work. I I do yeah. hope, I do hope that they bring guys like the Briscoes over because seeing them against the Young Bucks again. I want, I want oh I want Briscoes FTR. That's what I want. FTR it, too. Be Absolutely brutal. Um, yeah, oh, let's man. let's go ahead. With, what's the next match? Um, the next match that... after the tag match was Danielson versus Miro. <sighs> so, okay, so let's. I mean, great match. Let's talk about the ending here because I thought it was really well done, even though it looked sort of botched. Um, so really cool kind of toward the end of this match Miro is literally inviting Daniel Sin to, <laughs> to just repeat just to just like kick him in the side and he's just like eating right. it. and and then like he keeps doing it and he starts like you see him start to kind of like oh shit that does kind of hurt and yeah. like they're just trading blows um they go up for the high spot Danielson hits the like tornado TDT. tornado ddt uh, it gets a it gets kind of botched and you see miro's head like smack off danielson's knee danielson gets the guillotine choke miro passes out um right i thought that you know maybe it wasn't a botch but it looked really good because it's like okay i mean miro was kicking his ass um you know danielson got some really good offense but miro was like i mean he was just eating hits to the face it's the and only then, way that Danielson could like realistically beat him. Yes. I, I like yeah. looking at it from like, just looking at these two men objectively standpoint, it was, it's like, Oh damn. Like Danielson's just cunning enough to get that quick knockout, wrap him right. up. Um, exactly. uh, and it was, I, I thought it was really like well done. Cause it's like, it kind of, you couldn't tell where his head hit. Um, yeah. It's like, and it's like, yeah, it, it's like if he did hit the DDT, probably a knockout if he missed right. and it fucked up probably a knockout Danielson still gets the win um so I mean I think the Bosch made it look better and it made Danielson look like honestly like more cunning and, and like 
you know, dude, veteran move, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is that like the, when you look at these matches, like from the entire pay-per-view, most of these guys have faced each other like five or six times at least. Yeah. And not, not just in AEW, but like, cause like these two haven't faced each other since they were Daniel Bryan and Rusev. Right. Yeah, like yeah. that's the last time that these two faced each other. And like Danielson said it too, like in the, in the little video package, by the way, one thing that AEW does way better than WWE has done in years is the video packages before pay-per-view because man, those Eddie Kingston and punk like freaking vignettes before. Oh, so good. But anyway, this whole match, I was, and I think someone said it in our, in our um, group chat too, that kind of, kind of rubbed me this way was that a lot of people thought that the ending of this match was going to spoil the the main event because if Kenny wins or if, if Daniel Bryan went, Brian Danielson wins, it's going to go, he's going to get the rematch against Kenny Omega, but Miro wins. Okay. Then there's just going to be Adam page versus Miro, which is great, but subverting expectations. That's what you need to do in wrestling. And I think that this match, it had two really seasoned bets. So in a box situation like that, you can trust them to make it good. And even if it was a botch, it was played perfectly. And, and the same thing, like we were talking about before with the, with the announcers, like, they said, oh, maybe you didn't get all of it, but look, he's going straight for the choke. He smells blood. Yeah, yeah. Like this right, is right, right. this is a moment where Danielson needs to pounce. Cause like Capitalize. as soon as you get him on the floor, you gotta pounce on him. You gotta do something to make him tap. And it's exactly what he did. So you're right. Like yeah, it, I, mean, I mean, it's 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 more convincing because it's like no way, no way is Danielson like ha- making Miro tap right no. there. You know what yeah. I mean? He it's needs like, to has, pass has to knock him out. Um, yeah. and that's to, and that's it's like a and I don't want to attribute it to this because it's not the same, but it's like when you have someone like, was it Stone Cold that passed out from the, the sharpshooter? Oh, we'll was that? Get, we'll get to that. We'll get. I to know, that I know. But what? We'll I, that. But what I mean, what I mean in yes. that sense is that, like, what I was saying before, coming out of this match, Miro and Daniel. I mean, it's hard to make Danielson look better than he already is, but like, mm. they both look great coming out of that match. And Miro now has this. I mean, he has this like redeemer gimmick, and like he lost again. So it's like, where's he going to go from here? Is he going to go nuts? Is he going to go crazy like ape shit? Um, it's that that kind of stuff that like, oh my God, what's going to happen next now? Like it's mm-hmm. Danielson versus Adam Page. Two faces going up against each other. Is one of them going to turn heel? Is one of them going to, you know, whatever. So it's um, it was, again, just really good storytelling all around. And just like the whole match was just great because it's just two vets just fighting against each other and know each other well. And right. as, as, as long as you know your opponent well and you guys can riff off of each other, it's mm-hmm. all that matters. So great. Um, great match. What was, let's see. The next one was, yeah, the next one was Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian. It was the, the False Count Anywhere match. That, that was a fun uh, one. That was a fun one. It was fun. Um, yeah. That, I mean, so, we don't, we don't, some of, the, some of the matches, we don't have to go over the whole thing. Uh, that Luchasaurus shooting star press to the outside was uh, disgusting. Unbelievable. Disgusting. I, a man, a man who's 6'8 should not be able to do that. I mean, Brock Lesnar did it, almost broke yeah. his neck. But, dude, but, I mean, dude, he did it off of a, a shorter ledge than Lesnar did oh, with, with no I, spring. That's crazy. crazy. And the whole match, too, like, um the whole match was great i I think i think the the thing that that you need to do with false count anywhere is make just a shit ton of close calls on the outside Mm. because you never like when christian there was that spot where christian did the whole i'm gonna jump from this ledge no i'm not i'm gonna go up even higher at 46 years old and jump off a freaking ledge on three guys yeah like i thought i thought that's a that's a that's something that wwe would 
end a match on, right? Mm-hmm. But no, you need you need the story element of it and everything. And um, there are just so yeah. many cool spots like yeah. throughout the whole match that you just like you watch and like, man, like this. I mean, I don't want to attribute anything to like Attitude Era stuff, but like that's that's like an Attitude Era match, man. Like you have yeah. these six really really good guys that are really over and just put them in a ring together and just let them fuck around. Like just let them go out and just hit each other with shit. It was. And then you ended on the shooting star press and concerto, man. Like that's all you needed to do. It was, so it was awesome. Um, it was the, I, I really love the all the thumbtack spots in that match. I'm a big, oh. big, big thumbtack mark. Super um, kick with the thumbtack with the, with the, thumb, the mouth, in the mouth, mouth boy. Uh, <laughs> and then the, the thumbtack knee pads. Those are great. Oh, those were awesome uh, too. Bucks are bucks are fun, man. They rock. And you put Adam Cole with them, man. Like I think Adam Cole's turning gonna turn heel or either heel or face. I mean, he's, he's basically heel right now, but it's like, here's the problem with that. Like people can, they can hate the bucks. They can hate Kenny Omega and like not really hate them. You know what I mean? They can buy them as heels. Um, Adam Cole doesn't work with him. He's so over. He's He's so over because I mean, like we talk about the whole like comparisons to, to guys from, you know, a long time ago. I mean, I think a lot of people do the shot comparisons with Kenny, but I think like Adam Cole fits that a little more. Yeah. I do um, too. I think Kenny, like I I've, I've been giving Kenny a lot more credit. Not that I ever didn't give him credit, but now that I get to like, you watch know, watch him, him, di- watch him in different lights and I get to watch him live yeah. all the time. And I'm just like, okay, like this guy, uh this guy's amazing but he is he's not like anybody else and he's not right. like i think a lot of people see the long hair and the sparkly tights and they're like well he's john michaels and they you know right fucking annoying. or I've, I've seen a lot of bret hart comparisons with him too with um, a lot of bret hart with with kenny omega kenny omega yeah dude, yeah time. i mean he's uh, a little bit a little bit more high flyer than bret hart is yeah, but like i don't the think technical stuff his yeah. i mean his selling is not I, I mean, I don't think he's selling compares to those guys, uh, but I mean, he's a genius in ring. He's a, he's a complete genius. Um, the fact that he did we'll, like the we'll last two him. years, the fact, just, just touch on yeah, him yeah. before we get no, on. The fact that Kenny Omega wrestled the last two years with Vertigo and won one championship, like was held like almost every title you can have in AEW yeah. and just dominated. It, it really goes like, they call him the ultimate bout machine. It's a hundred percent true. Like his, his drive and just his genius in ring to know when to do because like just just in that Danielson match a couple weeks ago like you can see like they had they probably had the beginning and the end planned but they went through the middle of that match just kind of riffing off of each other and like yeah it's the same like it just it feels it feels every time I watch a match that or watch him fight that like almost every match is so unscripted Mm. and it, it could be scripted. It could be, you know, they could absolutely, Abby Shin just showed up on my TV. That's why I'm nice, a little distracted. Dude, hell yeah. uh, <laughs> um, there's, there's a lot of times where you watch Kenny and even the, the box and Cole and Adam Cole, like, you know, that they're very, very good, but you can mm-hmm. never tell which spots they plan and which spots they just like kind of pulled out of their ass, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what you want, but no, it was, I mean, this, this match just with like three great wrestlers and three, I mean, or three, three, great wrestlers on each team and you yeah. had a lot of vets in there and jungle boy being the youngest guy on that it just blew my mind because um, jungle yeah. boy talk about a pillar yeah. and i know and i know that mjf enabled, named, named him one of them but like talk about a pillar of AEW man Big he's going to be a world man. champion in they like were talking the next about yeah, he was the first first wrestler in AEW that got that made his way to 60 wins which is awesome i love again i know we talked so about awesome. this a lot but i love how they track that stuff um, oh, yeah. it makes it feel like a real sport 
it does that's, and, that's it, and the, it does and yeah. it's just like it's like oh wow like it helps me like i you know i i, I like jungle boy big fan um i look at him and i'm like oh you know tag team guy um right. little undersized you know can really move very strong for his size um <laughs> who does that sound like tag oh, team guy who's really good really young just move around do really well in the ring long hair <laughs> what does that sound like Stop it's it. kind of weird that you keep bringing it back to i know the I, I, keep, I, I don't no, know no, no, no i was you know i wasn't even bringing it there but it was like they were talking it's like he's 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 excellent and they're they're talking about like oh here here's his win record like here's all the stuff about him yeah. oh yeah you know what now that i'm like now that i see it on paper i mean it's just like any other sport it's like i don't really know how um you know, all right, I'll put it in the context of Jason Tatum, right? Jason Tatum's been having a really tough shooting go around to start this year. Say the least. I'm sure he's doing it right now as I'm talking, right? Couple breaks, couple breaks. Um, but his his on the floor numbers defensively, he's been yeah. you know facilitating a lot more. I mean, it's not like he's playing badly, and it might yeah. look like that, but then you like really look at like stat wise what he's doing on the floor. Um, and you get a new perspective. Oh, the other stuff. Yeah, you yeah. get a new perspective. So it's like I, when I hear that stuff, and I hear um, just how AEW kind of tracks how their talent works yeah. and how they move and how they interact with each other uh, is awesome. And it, it gives it kind of gives a new dynamic to you know caring about these yeah. guys. I'm very excited to see because I'm I'm assuming that this whole feud with the super click is over. Yeah. So I'm I'm very interested to see how they move forward with him because. I mean, look, if they do a tag team thing with him and Luchasaurus, that's fine. But MJF, like, you're going to lean on this this promo that MJF had, which, by the way, I can't talk enough about how much I love MJF because, like, I just going back to him for a second, he's such a great heel, but he's so good on the mic that, like, you 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 obviously know he's a heel, but, like, he says things that you're like, man, that's, that's, that's real. This whole pillar thing, man, is so true because mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara – Every time I watch, and we'll talk about him in a second too, yeah. but like every time I watch Sammy Guevara wrestle, he becomes more and more of my favorite wrestler. Dude, it, it's, it's been a big Sammy fan lately. And I'm oh, very excited. Huge. I mean, it's later in the show. I'm just going to bring it up anyway. Jay Lethal comes out, challenges Sammy Guevara for the uh, TNT championship. TNT title. Yeah. Very fucking excited. Can't wait to tune in this week. That's going to um, be awesome. It's going to so, be so good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the next match, I believe, was Punk. Um, oh uh, no it was it wasn't it was uh cody rhodes and pack versus malachi and andrade i'll be i'll be i'll be honest like honestly some cool spots i don't i don't care about this cody rhodes storyline until he turns heel. until he turns heel um, yep. so, 100%. um it's yeah. it's hard for me it's hard for me because it gets uncomfortable sometimes watching somebody that wants to be faced so badly and look maybe it's a part of the heel turn maybe it's maybe next week he comes out and like i think it's gotta be kick, it's, I mean, if he comes out and he kicks, you know, Arn and it's like a whole, that's fine. I would love that. I would Ar- love Arn's really heel. loving the gun bit, dude. Any, anytime he, Arn anytime Anderson. he, ha- dude, he just fucking like, I pull out the Glock. And he just like, <laughs> who is he? Um, I forget. He was the manager, somebody, somebody's manager. Uh, um, it was, his name was like, it was Andrade. It was his, Andrade, I think his name is yeah. Julio. Is, I think his name is Julio or something like that. Um, yeah. Shit. And anyway, that's fine. Um, yeah. Dude, he like he's about to hit him, and he like just like puts a finger gun to his head. It's like <laughs> I love that. Man, man knows man. how to work a crowd, man. I love it that. Really man. does. Um, um, it, so yeah, whatever. The... Like cool match. Um, yeah. Uh, some cool, you know, pack spots. I mean, he's great. Um, yeah. 
I, I talk about a man. Talk about it well, real quick. I, yeah. I, I was thinking about this too with FTR earlier. Talk about a wrestler that was so underutilized by, by WWE. Like, oh my god, yeah. When FTR, when FTR was fucking um, Neville. No, the, I mean the Ascension. Was, yeah, or the yeah, Ascension yeah. or something like that. That yeah. was what they were like. You know, you knew about them, but like you didn't know that they were. I mean, again, granted, this is somebody that hasn't watched a live WWE event in like what, like five years now. Yeah. But like, for what I've known and what I've seen, like I I can't imagine that FTR or freaking Neville or Pack, which he really is. Yeah. Um, I've never. I, I when I watched, I watched when he was Neville, and I knew he was really good, and he was you know flying all over the place. But like this bastard gimmick that he has is so good for him. And just, he was so underutilized that you don't, when you see him on these stages and like a big pay-per-view match, you're like, this dude could fight. This dude they could also, wrestle. They also let him be way more dynamic. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, dude, oh, yeah. that, the guy is wicked strong. And they like, they strong. never really let him work that. Maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe he got stronger and bigger. Dude, he's wide as hell. His back muscles are, are nasty. Not to go over the physique thing, but he's just. Like, oh, but it is. Freaky. It is. He, um, the way that, that you need you need that strength to do the shit he does in the no, air, though, seriously. right? Like, like that's the thing that. So I um just not to go off on a tangent, but like when I was I've been re, uh, listening to Kurt Angle's podcast a lot recently, mm-hmm. and he had Edge uh, Adam Copeland on. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, and obviously I'm going to listen to that hundred yeah. times out of ten. Of um, and what he talked about, and because this this kind of goes full circle with the pillars thing, like this whole pillars idea reminds me a lot of the SmackDown Six where um, when Paul Heyman was running SmackDown, he had, it was like Eddie and Chavo, uh, Ray, Edge, Benoit, and I think Van Dam was it? I forget who it was. But there was there was six guys that that um, he was, that Heyman was like, I'm running with you. Like, I'm running with you six. You are my six pillars, basically. And what's cool, uh, what, what Adam- Eddie, Cooper, Eddie, Kurt, Edge, Benoit, Mysterio, Kurt. and Chavo, not, yeah. uh, not RVD. Not RVD. So Kurt was the one I was missing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when, so they were talking about that and it was like the one thing that, cause I remember that edge and Ray were tag title tag champs at one point during that whole run. And the thing that he said was that no matter what, you will always know Ray Mysterio as like six, one, nine flying all over the place, changing the game and WWE. But what people don't understand about Ray is that he's so goddamn strong, or at least he was when he was younger that he makes every wrestler look better because his mm. selling and his like the way that like he can sell a uh, like a tilt war back backdrop or whatever is so next level because he has the muscle to do right. and kind of lift himself right. around. And right. so when you see a guy like Pac, um, uh, even even like a Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara's ripped too. Like there's just all these guys that are so strong in the air, and it's just it's just good to see them like actually play on that and play that they're not just flipsy doodah guys they're like mm. we can pick you up and throw you like that's literally so awesome so um, no that's yeah, so i love pack yeah let's get to the so. uh let's get to the, the slobber knocker if you will um yeah. so you all right so right from right from the vignette we get before the match uh this is if they're not slow burning to a punk turn i'll be shocked because has like to be. has to when, be. when punk in that promo goes like you know He's like what what people what people are, are really thinking of is how um fucking how Kingston's gonna ruin this for himself like he always yeah. does and he's like is anybody gonna be surprised very he it's like whenever Punk gets to talk like a heel it's like oh that's him 
That's him. Well, that like, it's, it's so yeah. natural. It's like, you can tell it's just like, he sinks into himself and he's just like, right. well, is anybody just pry? It's like, yeah, I love that the, the love I fest. I love that the love fest with punk is over. Like, I, look, don't get me wrong. I love oh. the fact no, no, that yeah. you come out yeah. and all that stuff. But this, this is the punk that everybody wanted because, mm-hmm. you know, he, he can come out and wing a, a heel, uh, a face pay-per-view yep. off the back of his hand. That's totally mm-hmm. fine. But, and we weren't, we weren't doing the podcast at this point, that promo, between him and Eddie Kingston, man, some of the, first of all, one of the most shoot promos I've seen in a long time. It felt mm-hmm. that way. I don't know if it, I mean, I know that him and Eddie have known each other for a while. I don't know if it was a shoot promo, but apparently the they way, had some, they had some heat in um back, like back in the, sure I guess, I guess Chris Hero talked about it. How, like, I mean, there, there was a legitimate possible like attempt to fight Fights. a parking lot at one yeah. part. So, um, so like, really cool. So when you play on that stuff and I'm sure, and I'm sure him and Eddie are cool now, but like when you play on stuff like that, like that's, that's, that's what tugs at the heartstrings. Cause you know, I mean, like we were talking about before with this smart crowd, this, this crowd that was watching them knew that they faced each other a long time ago. If they hadn't oh, known yeah, it before yeah. from the promo. So when you have this match and right off the bat, Eddie Kingston catches him off guard by just smacking the shit out of him oh, with the backhand, geez. man. Oh, awesome. Like, there's no way you could fight, uh, you could start a fight off better than that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love, okay. uh, Punk, Punk should keep that boxing short look, too. That, that was cool. So, so cool. I love those. So um, cool, man. And, I mean, yeah, I, it, sure. and it, like, it, now that he's older and he's, like, kind of relying a little more on, like, I don't want to say he's relying a little more on quickness and technicality, but it like, it almost adds to his movement. Cause he has, I mean, he doesn't have like the long hair anymore. It's a, right. like, cause, it, cause when you, I mean, a lot of guys, when they cut that hair, they lose that movement. And I know it yeah. sounds crazy, but it's like those shorts kind You're of right. give him that movement. Um, yeah. it's but, crazy. Um, so they had, you know, they had the backhand, um, you know, the match is, it's a hell of a match. It's just a brawl and it's, it's awesome. a fight. A Punk fight is um he's bleeding from the face screaming motherfucker eddie <laughs> kingston's just like literally licking he's punching punk in the face licking blood off his fist they're like screaming fuck you at each other flipping each other off um yeah, so and, it's, and it's funny because you, you mentioned we'll, we'll just jump right to the end so we, we talked about um you know the brett and steve double yeah. turn right yeah um you had i'm sure they have a plan and i'm sure you know, I'll, I'll wait to see this week. That was at the end of that match, the perfect, the perfect point to turn punk heel. I hope they have another chance to do it. I'm sure they will. Uh, they, I mean, these guys know what they're doing, but I mean, if it was a tease, it was a hell of a tease. Um, so (laughs) you have, I mean, you have punk just, just beating the shit out of this guy and the crowd starts like booing him and he looks and he just like keeps pummeling him, pummel, pummel, pummel. I think he hits GTS. the GTS pin, yeah. whatever. Um, and you know, Punk, Punk's just like you know, he's looking cocky. He's looking like his asshole self. And then it's just like it almost is like he phases out of it, offers the handshake. Kingston is, I mean, you know, there's never in a million years that Eddie Kingston's going to shake hands after yeah. losing a fight because that's yeah. the kind of guy he is. That's why people love him, dude. He, I mean, he's yeah. he is that like crazy New York lovable nutso guy uh that's just gonna beat the fuck out of you and not stop attacking um and that yeah. i mean it, i mean in a sense he is 
the same thing that people loved about guys like Tommy Dreamer, guys like, I mean, right. like OG Stone Cold. It was like, right. Relatable guy, bruiser. Yeah. This guy doesn't have to win for me to like him. He doesn't. I mean, dude, Eddie can, he lost the last two, I think he can lose the next yep. two. He's not going to lose any respect in a building. Um, no. And that's, that was the, I mean, that's why punk is, it, it, it's crazy because it's like punk is the good guy in smash in theory. Right. And he's just pummeling this dude, but it's like, no, we like him. And it's, it is yeah. that same thing that you had with Brett and Stone Cold. It's like, no, yeah. like, and I know people talk about it where they're like, oh, you know, like the toughness of Stone Cold, everybody respects it. They already did respect Stone Cold. This has been like my big thing about how that match ended. It's like Stone Cold already had that respect, looks like a tough guy or whatever, but it's like, no, that's our tough guy. And now that right. the guy that we like is doing it, we're choosing the tough, like, it's like, we're going with yeah. him. That's, I mean, that's, that's the double turn. And if Punk yeah. wanted to do that turn, um, I mean, I guess I guess it wouldn't really be a double turn because like Eddie is pretty already much over. already over. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's it's not even you know not, not even a butt over, but it's like he's pretty much a baby face. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? He's like a tweener, anti what, what anti yeah yeah anti hero baby face. I mean, that's right. but that's the thing too, right? Is that like, and I think that's I think Punk has put this in our perspective too, because like that's when Punk was at his best, right? He's the anti hero, like. Yeah. He's not, he's not, I mean, that's why Stone Cold was the best because he's mm -hmm. the anti-hero. Like he's going against the norms. He's, he's calling Vince McMahon out on the stage of a Monday Night Raw. Like Eddie Kingston's that guy that will come out next week and be like, put me in the ring with him again. Let me fight him again. Right. Let me do right. it again. Like, because with me, like watching that match, there was so much buildup. And of course it lived up to the expectations, mm, but time. the best, best punk is when punk's mad and punk's pissed. Mm. So when you have a, when you have a pit, when you have a freaking promo, like they had where Eddie's in his face, just saying, fight me, fight me right now. Fight me, fight me on the 13th, fight me. Blah, blah, blah. Like when you're egg punk on like that, and he can riff off that man. Like, this is why I love that this, this love fest is over is because they can actually play with punk's AEW character. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it, and I think people drew parallels to this um, in that Eddie promo from last week, it might've been a thread. It might've been the group chat, but I'm just going to basically reiterate it. Cause I was like reading through it, thinking about it um years ago and i rewatched it the other day just to watch the parallels um yeah. there was that promo with punk and cena where you know punk calls cena he's like you know you and your beloved red Sox, you're not you know you guys pride yourselves at this underdog and you're not right. that and you're you're the big company guy you're the industry guy you're the guy that they get behind you're the, you're the guy that these people get behind no matter what that's him now yeah. that's him now 100%. that is literally him. cm punk right now has aw behind him he has been the i mean he, he's he's already he's sold more merch so incredibly fucking over when he yeah. hasn't even stepped in a ring for seven years so it's like it's he's crazy. he's the main over guy that everybody loves that can go in the back he's the cool veteran and everybody wants to meet him and it's like, you know, he's helping out all the young guys. He does, I'm sure he does all the charity. It's like a lot of a lot of those now. guys that a lot of those guys in the locker room, think about this, started wrestling because of him. Because of him. Like, and it's crazy to think about that's that. That's nuts. That's Dude, 10 I mean, years ago that that promo happened. 10 and, years I mean, ago that that promo happened. And it's crazy. I mean, and it's <laughs> funny because I mean, you look at a guy like guys like Darby Allen, like literally yeah. Darby Allen. He, I mean, it wasn't a bit. It's like my hero is CM Punk. And now he's, now he's wrestling. So punk is that, that industry guy. Yeah. It's Eddie crazy. Kingston, and, 
Eddie Kingston is not. Eddie Kingston is yeah. what Punk was in. Tw- I mean, you know what? Punk was on a little bit higher of threshold at that point. You know, a couple couple shitty world title friends because he wasn't booked well, whatever. Um, but Eddie is the the people's champ, so to speak. It's like right. he's the guy that that the people want. He's the guy right. that you know maybe fucked up his own opportunities. Maybe opportunities got fucked up. Maybe he got passed over. Whatever. So him saying he's like, you became the fucking thing you hate is yeah. such a parallel to punk saying that to cena 10 years ago and i was it's like funny oh, man it's it's so funny that you make good. that parallel because there's a spot in this match where oh. punk kind of channels his inner john cena dude when that happened so for those of you who haven't watched i'm sure you have if you're listening to this fucking podcast but when so punk has yes, that Brandon, I, I, I have seen the paper <laughs> yeah, right 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 so yes, and and I kind of knew he was hinting at this when he was doing. So he had the, the dual sh- uh, shoulder blocks when he was yeah. flying around the ring doing the shoulder blocks, and then he picked him up for this power slam, and I'm like, that does look pretty familiar. And as soon as he hits his hand up, man, I was like, this is prime punk. Like this Hell is yeah, this dude. is exactly That's what, what I we mean. Need it's punk. like they have to blur be the lines. teasing it. They have yes. to be teasing the turn. They have to. Oh, they like have that. to. Um, you blur I mean, the lines. You- Blurring the lines of like doing the five knuckle shuffle and then he flips them off. Oh yeah. man, like and it, it's just like it's it's so AEW for them to do that, right? Because like there's all these like little hints of our competition, right? Like when you yeah. have like all these guys, like freaking the acclaim the other day when they were saying that Brian Daniel, like um, I forget the, the line before it, but when they're rapping about Danielson and he said, Yeah, I end careers faster than your father-in-law, like. That, that kind of linking to it, like talking yeah. about John Laurinaitis on yeah, AEW yeah. and then you have freaking Punk or Punk doing the five knuckle. Like it's that kind of stuff that, that wrestling fans love because it's it's the competition element of it. You'll never, ever, ever see a wrestler on a WWE program go out there and make a, 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 an, a, you know, an allusion to fucking AEW and not, I feel and like not that's get coming. punished. That's, that's coming soon. Um, I mean, it'll have to it be. Should. It, it should. It should. Um, it absolutely should. I want them to do that because that's why thing, I love watching AW because you were like, yes, that's yeah. a WWE thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh my God, they had freaking Bobby Fish and Adam Cole go face to face. That's the undisputed era that that stable, stable they were a part of in NXT. Bobby Fish and freaking Adam Cole going face to face. And then the Young Bucks are like, you know, it's undisputed. This is the era of the super quick. It's like, oh, yes. Yes, I mean, <laughs> keep that, doing that. The Bucks just the Bucks are, are lunatic. They're just stuff. the best. Um, what, one thing best. I'm I'm gonna dial back uh, really quick before we cut into because I was gonna talk about um, the Eddie Guerrero tributes. Uh, one oh, thing yeah. that really touched on me was um, before we get to Eddie. Um, recently, I was watching uh, Total Divas, and I'm not gonna elaborate as to why I was watching Total Divas <laughs> or what what scenario I was in watching Total Divas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, I was watching Total Divas. And it was, it was, it was the season, uh, where, um, Danielson retires and it was like, dude, like the sad, I, I forgot about it, but it was like the sadness in his eyes. And it's like, yeah, he's doing this like, you know, reality show for his wife and they're doing these storylines or whatever. This guy just looks miserable and they're talking. It's like, and it's all, of course, a reality show, reality show storyline. They're talking about, you know, it's like, oh, like, she's like, oh, Brian, you got to find something else to do. And like, you got to do all these things. And it's like, he's, and it's like, he's clearly rolling with the show or whatever, but he's just like, every time wrestling even comes up, he just looks dead in the eyes. And it's yeah. it like just Bambi. Eye. Like it's brutal to watch. And then it's like paralleling that to 
him in a match with Miro, who also has a really cool, you know, story. They didn't believe in me ass story. Um, you know, D- Brian is wrestling the way he wants to wrestle. It, like in 2021, it, who he wants to wrestle doing exactly what he wants. The guy looks happy as ever. I mean, he comes out black eye, smile on his face. Uh, yeah. I rewatched the uh, rewatched that Omega match the other day. Um, just cause I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I'm in the mood. I was just like doing paperwork for work. And I'm like, I just want to yeah. watch a good match. I watched, uh, I, I watched a couple, couple matches. I watched the Moxley, uh, Kingston, um, I quit match, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah great and match. then I, I was like, you know, I'm going to rewatch that, that Brian match with Omega and man, like when they came out and Brian just starts like just teary eyed crowds going nuts Omega gives him the space and like tries tries not to show it, but he's like, damn, like you can tell that meant a lot to like meant a lot to fucking Omega too, man. It's just like the you yeah. know, like he Omega came up through those through those indies. I mean, he I mean, who who wouldn't look up to a guy like like Brian yeah. Danielson? I mean, dude, Bri- like Brian Danielson is um this guy is was like trained by Shawn Michaels and William Regal, and he's like yeah. literally the heir to the throne of wrestling. I mean, it's like it's, he's, it's he's nuts. as close as you can get. So it's crazy. It when you when you think about it, like if you name the top five wrestlers in the world, four out of the five of them wrestle in AW, like it mm-hmm. and when you put them all together, it's it's just like this is this is the thing that kind of gets me about when we were talking about those eight uh, those wwe drones like the people yeah. that just like live and die wwe it's like yeah i get it i understand you probably grew up watching guys like john cena batista randy orton all them but when you watch that stuff over and over again and you're watching the same people over and over again it just gets so stale that's why i stopped watching because it's like this is yeah. this is stale dude this is it's not like, uh, i hate to put it this way it's like at a point it's like you know i'm like i mean we grew up like just in in that era of, of whatever and like once like once punk was just like honestly i mean i think we both stopped watching when punk was just like babyface long heel long i'm sorry babyface long title run um yeah, and he i stopped watching really, after his title run he didn't really have like good opponents because they didn't book him well and then he like it's like he wasn't even in the main event sometimes and not even his own fault but it was just like it sucked i mean and we'll get to we'll get to we'll get to the whole like you think you want a babyface champion until you don't you know what I mean? Right. We'll get to that after. I would. I, I can't wait to see where they take with Paige. But um, that's that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking too. Is like, do are they going to turn one of them heel? Hmm. Is this going to be like a? Because that's the thing too. It's like you know, for me, I, when I was watching WWE, Adam Page was wrestling in ROH, and yeah, yeah. I would have you. I would you if you told me who Adam Page was, I would have no idea who he was. Hmm. But now that I'm that I've broadened my horizons beyond just this WWE stuff, I've watched stuff from super luchador from AAA, from you know new japan from all these different companies it's like there's so many guys that these people that are just so loyal to wwe will never know about mm. like i didn't know anything um about ibushi before yeah. they before i started learning about kenny omega and i started watching this matches i'm like this dude is if dude, he came over Ibushi's to wwe nasty, bro. he's, he's so he did, nasty he, he came to the wwe and fought in nxt for a year and then he mm. was like fuck this yeah. and it's like Yes. No. Do because, that because, I, dude, and it's it's like you look at guys like Shinsuke, who, um, I mean, from that, that you know, the strong style, whatever. Um, he, you know, came to NXT, and it's almost like came to the main roster, and like, what, 
what happened. Yeah, so much hype behind him, and yeah. now he's and not. Now he doesn't. It's like it's like, dude, they should. I, I, I will. We're gonna go down the rabbit hole here, but it's like, no. um, I mean, you, a guy like that, when you pull him up from NXT, he faces Brock Lesnar or uh, John Cena or nobody. There's no, yeah. there's no. Put him in the main event, no matter what. Build up Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. Um, but anyway, whatever. Is. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, I mean, we've we'll, we've talked tons of shit over the WWE, but um, I want to get to. So in this match, of course, multiple times tonight, um, they you know there's the Guerrero tribute. Um, I I don't know if you've ever seen it. While, while you're watching old matches, um, look up. There's a triple threat with Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and CM Punk in a like some IWA match mid yeah. mid South maybe. Um, it, it, literally in a gymnasium, and it is just like one of my favorite matches because it's like unmasked unmasked ray it's um eddie like as he's kind of like it was after he like i think WWE fired him he was like or it was either that or it was in between wcw and i was gonna say i thought it was in between that that era where he was just kind of fighting indies until he got signed by wwe it was one of those but i what i know is he was in rough shape like he was not physically like i mean like like you know, drug-wise, alcohol-wise, he was in tough shape. And apparently, you know, like, Punk tells the story about how, like, um, you know, Eddie came and, you know, stayed in my house, and he's like, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, what did you ask him about wrestling, blah, 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 you probably picked his brain. He's like, honestly, I didn't. Like, it was just, like, so cool to have this guy at my house and, like, just, like, to just yeah. talk as friends. Um, and, you know, during the match, Punk does the three amigos. Um, we jump to the, you know, Jericho uh the i mean that jericho top i i think that's the next match american top the team. next so we we skipped over we can talk about the women's match after that because we skipped over the Britt baker versus ty conti match uh we'll talk about that in a minute yeah. uh, i just want to i want to do the segue here but um yeah the i mean that's the american top team match was like whatever it was fine um that i mean jericho doing the the fucking point to the heavens with the the, uh, the your flash. Eye. And then him getting up, crying, everybody's holding him. That man, that was fucking heavy, dude. I mean, I was like heavy, heavy. I, I'll be. I wasn't like very invested in that match. And then I just like it almost. It, I, I'm just like kind of watching it, whatever. And then I like I see him do that. I'm just glued. I'm like, dude. It's like the way you know what. It's like I'm not. I don't want to make it an AEW versus WWE thing, but it's like they them letting those guys really do a tribute to their you know their friend. Them having the. Yeah. Food that all like punk getting to do it um i popped really hard i popped really hard when the lucha brothers did it because yes oh dude that uh, was i was like who else did it it was it was yeah Yeah, yeah. when ftr i think it was dax like did the shimmy i was like "Uh uh-oh and and you knew you knew because it's against the lucha brothers Uh that's going to catch heat right so that's going to catch heat regardless it was so brilliant like talk about just like brilliant wrestlers like knowing what they're doing like that's brilliant of like dax harwood holding a Mexican title, right? The AAA Tag Team Championships yeah, yeah. and fighting against two of the most well-known Mexican wrestlers in the world right now. And all of a sudden he pulls out this Eddie tribute. And then when Cerro Miedo gets up and he, and he starts doing it, man, I was like, mm. oh, it just, it, it's those, it's those moments. Cause like, I, I didn't know obviously until like the day of full gear that that was the, the anniversary. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. see all these, you see all these like, you know, in memoriam, all these like people talking about it. And the cool thing I saw Pump was, doing the shimmy was awesome too. That was so oh, yeah. cool, man. That was great. The, the the cool thing I saw was how many people were talking about seeing Vicky backstage and just like nobody really said anything to her because like what do you what are you gonna say? Right. Mm-hmm. Like you like Punk was talking about it in his um 
talk about making things like feel like or making wrestling feel like a sport they have what i love about pay-per-views is that afterwards they have like the post pay-per-view uh, interviews with all the wrestlers and punk was talking about it he was like i didn't i walked up to her and we didn't even need to say anything but we just started hugging each other and just started bawling in each other's arms and it's like it's it's like it's like the it's the stuff that you don't know that really gets you because you know obviously how close punk is with with the guerrero family and all that yeah. but like just seeing all the the tributes and you know jericho a guy who's been in the wrestling business for so long just starting to cry because he does a freaking fr perfect frog splash i mean yeah. like Jer jericho for what he is now as a, as a seasoned vet who's running his own cruise line and all this stuff like obviously gained a couple pounds over the last right. couple of years very sure. very like, very shoddy workmanship these days but yes he, he, he yes. put he put his all into that frog splash. that's, that's all you needed to do it you was, just needed to do the frog splash point to the heavens and we know what you're doing so yeah. it was great and it was awesome and and all the all the eddie stuff and like just having the crowd cheering eddie like when the fireworks are going like that's just that's just wrestling that's like the love of wrestling that's when you 100%. that's why you fall in love with wrestling it's all that stuff but, um uh, yeah, so yeah i jump to ty conti Britt baker um yeah Britt baker is really i mean i'm a big ty conti fan as it is um Britt baker's really growing on me man um she's awesome she, dude like they had a very technically they had probably the most the best like technically speaking but best technical match of the night um it was it was awesome i you know you know ty conti has the background with jujitsu yeah, but yeah, like yeah yeah that this was the biggest wrestling match she's ever had and she showed out like mm. she really did she took she took that spot um i think it was the fireman's carry on the outside where Britt was just like on their apron and like holding her over her shoulders and just like dropped her. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, damn, Ty. Like, that's, that's, she, she did a gut wrench, uh, pile driver. I'm like, dude, this is fucking, this is, um, what is it? The gut, crazy. The, the gotch, uh, uh gotch the gut, style yeah, pile driver. Yeah, gotch style. Oh, dude, yeah. Planted her, dude. That was awesome. That was so good. It's so good to see pile drivers in wrestling again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, um, no, it's and, just so good. And seeing, it's like, you know, going into that match, it's like, all right, I know Ty Conti's not going to win this, but this is like, this is her, her opportunity. I mean, and it's, it, it's cool to see Britt Baker get some like convincing real title yeah. wins because she has a lot of them and she's a very convincing champion. Um, and it, so Ty cool Conti their character. Getting, getting up to that spot and proving she deserves to be in that match. Right. Uh, was really good. I really, I mean, I, mean I, that I, I knew she did, but it was, yeah, no, exactly. Really yeah. um, kind of a mutually beneficial showing there. What I, what I loved about Britt in this match too, and, and talk about the announcers kind of adding to the story, like they said the entire time, Ty is the hardest competition she's gone up against. And I don't think that's true. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ty is an extremely talented performer. I mean, she was great and she's, she's been great since she's been, since I've watched her, but like, I know that she's faced harder competition in the past. Like I think Ruby Soho is a little bit of a better wrestler than Ty Conti is, but in the same extent, you make Ty look way better of a wrestler. If you have people coming out, like you have the announcers, like a guy like JR, Tony Schiavone saying, Hey, this is the toughest match that Brit has had for the title. And then she goes out and faces, it does that match. It's like, okay, that was the toughest, toughest match she's had because Ty looked great. There was a lot of near falls. There's a lot of great spots that they had. And it's just, it's just so great after going through the divas era to like watch yeah. women just actually time, put man. on a good match. And like, look, we've, we've, gone and not as, not as a novelty, not as a novelty. Exactly. That's the huge it's thing. It's not, right? it's, it's not the token women's match. It's like, <laughs> right, it's right, like right. 15 and minutes. It's not match. like, Oh, you know, the match was good. You know, the women's match was really good. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like when you, they talk about like, 
you like sometimes on like basketball Twitter, like it's like some people like watch like a WNBA game. They're like, yeah, I know that. Like they just really try to lay it in. It's like these women can really do it. It's like, all right. can. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, they're professional basketball players. I know they can yeah. really do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, the, the women on this show are not like a novelty item. They're not, right. they're not like, oh, they're, they're good for the women's. They're basketball. not eye candy. No, they were up in the fucking, you know, top end of the show. They, they both felt like it was competitors that were meant to be in that spot. Um, right. I mean, they probably, I mean, there were, it was such a heavy card. So it's hard to say one of the better matches of the night. Like I said, oh, yeah. technically, um, well, and what, <clears throat> one of the things that I, I guess one of the, and I said this on the night too, like, if I could switch any matches, it would be Ty Conti and Britt and the Minneapolis, the, the top team and inner circle match. Cause like, look, I'll watch a street fight. Yeah, absolutely. You put, you, I mean, you have Chris Jericho hitting somebody with a Prince sign in in Minnesota. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll watch that all day. Mm-hmm. But if you really, I mean, I said this about WWE too, and they, they did do it to their credit. Like you want me to care about women's wrestling, put them in the main event or, or right. the match before the main event. Cause it's I, like you don't even need to put them in like you don't even need to like novelty put them in the main event either. It's like right. like it is it is putting them. It's like it's a title match. Put exactly. it toward the end. Put it in a spot exactly. that matters. Um, right. I mean, even if it, like at this point they're making they're making these opening matches look uh, like they're always like, the best match on the card. For right. For, I mean, always. dude, my my favorite match of the night was Darby MJF. Like hands down, my, I'll probably yeah. go back and watch that. Um, I will say. I will say though. The main event with Kenny and, and Adam, I think if it's let's not just, my yeah, favorite, let's, just, it's let's just jump right into it. Um, yeah. This match, I, it, it put on display what was so good about both of them. Like mm-hmm. Kenny being the best wrestler on the planet, Adam Page being the, not the new guy, obviously, but like returning and having like this, because, you know, they said in the beginning, like it, he is the fan favorite, like, you know, Kenny's the heel. And this is, this is long long-term story planning done perfectly it was done so well for them to say here's what happened in the past adam page and kenny omega were tag team champs in AEW for a while they were really good friends they were part of the same like part of the elite all this stuff then adam cole comes in and it's like oh this is a whole new dynamic that we have to the elite and then adam page comes back and wins this you know like him winning him winning the casino battle or the the, the ladder match that they had to get him that uh, uh, that shot was great because something i don't know <laughs> yeah with the casino it was like the casino it, it's a ladder match just right, give me a ladder match i'll watch it yeah um but just having him come out as like the last person and then just all the way up there and all the build-up and like adam page like being known like he's known as like the anxious cowboy like just bringing anxiety to the like it, it just it, it's it's how you build a good baby face like have him go from like the most evil of evil in the company to working against that and coming back after like, this is what I think is going to happen with Kenny. Cause I, I mean, we will talk about this too. Like, I think we think, I, I think we both think that Kenny is going to take some time off because I, of all he, the injuries I he's having. He should. So man. Yeah. He, he should. Really should. 100% should. So, and it's the same thing with Mox. Like when those two guys come back, it's going to be the biggest pop that either of them would have heard from AEW in a long time. Cause those right. two are obviously both really well-established stars in AEW. And I think that if Mox was still around, it would be Mox versus uh, Hangman. Um, but I think that when you have guys like that, that are so well-established and go out for real reasons, like real life reasons, Mox is going to be more over than ever when he comes back. 
And I think Kenny's going to do the same thing. I don't think it will be the same. Like he's going out for injury. He needs his time to kind of recover. Mox's situation is a completely different situation and he can take all the time he freaking needs. Right. But like I said, when, when Omega does come back, whether it be with the young bucks, whether, I mean, I think the young bucks are going to have a, a face turn here soon, but when it comes down to it, like I think when, when both of them come back, the heat or the, the pop that they're going to get is going to be so great because they've established themselves. They had great matches on their way out. And then when they come back, they're going to be more loved than ever. It's like, mm. it's that whole thing where distance makes the heart grow fonder yeah. and just all this stuff that's, that's happening. Like, how can I just, we, how can we love you? If, or the quote is, how can we miss you if you don't go away? Exactly. Right. And that's the thing. Like when you see all the biggest pops in wrestling history, I mean, other than probably the Stone Cold coming out, like the, the Stone Cold pop, but like the like the Stone Cold pop. But like other than that, like most of the biggest pops in wrestling history have been because they're returning. Uh, I guess you could say the CM Punk pop at Money in the Bank is a little different because that's just something completely yeah, different. Nasty. But like, but like, you know, Triple H's biggest pop was when he came back at SummerSlam, right? And that fake return that he had. But like there was that. Wait, was that but, was that that wasn't SummerSlam? That was uh that was or, when he when he returned. Was it the fight that he had? No, because I remember. two thousand two because he came back and won the Royal Rumble. No, I'm thinking about the SummerSlam when he came back after his Taurus Peck. MSG. Is that MSG? Yeah, that, I think that was SummerSlam. It wasn't SummerSlam. No, because he, he came back for the Royal Rumble. Okay, yeah. whatever it was, whatever he came back, whatever, whatever it was, the fake, that's uh, probably... the fake MSG crowd noise. Return. Exactly. <laughs> then that. Or you could talk about Punk coming back in a, or uh, uh, Cena coming back in MSG at the Royal Rumble, like yeah, when, yeah, when he I made mean, his return. Yeah, that, was, that was like like there's yeah, was, you look at some of the biggest pops that you've ever seen, and it's when guys are returning after being away from a long time. And I just I think that again, it's it's not it's real it's real world stuff that's happening with both of them. But when they do come back, I just think that AW set themselves up where like they don't need these guys right now. Like they don't need a guy like Mox. They don't need a guy like Omega. They're going to be on the roster and they'll come back when they need to, right. but we can, they can survive with Adam Page being the the heel champ or the face champion and just kind of going on from there. So I, this, I just, this goes into like, I mean, I think WWE should be doing this for years and I'm seeing AEW kind of start to do this where it's like, you don't, these guys don't need to be wrestling like the entire year. These guys yeah. should be able, and you have enough star power these days, where like a guy like Kenny Omega should be able to take three to four months off. And right. like they, I mean, these guys should have breaks in the year where you just move other talent up. It's like, and then you don't like you're not forced to come up with programs for them when you right. don't when you don't need them. So and it's like it's like Omega can um, not come back for two months tomorrow three months, yeah. four months. And it's like, it's not like anybody gonna forget going him. to forget Kenny Omega. <laughs> right, um, right. But it's like, I mean, we, we, and we talked about this a little bit. Um, Omega's interview with Dave Meltzer, I believe. I, I think it was Meltzer. Um, I, where, I mean, he was talking about, he's like, dude, he, he can't look up at the ceiling. He's like joking about how he like can wrestle, wrestle without a shoulder. It's, I mean, it's sad, it's sad, man. It's like, it's it like, these guys should have time off. These guys should have more time off. They dedicate, I, I AW everything is to this. moving toward that which i think is really cool um well, I even hope, even I hope. even nowadays though you don't see a lot of the same guys on i mean again there is dark right like there's elevation and dark yeah. like those two dark shows that they have on youtube but like 
I, I mean, on Dynamite, like you, I, I went like a couple of weeks without seeing Pac, and now he's on, he's he's in a in a pay per view. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. you you can have these guys, and and that's the cool thing too with this company is that the forbidden door doesn't exist, right? Like it's it's not like you can have a guy like Jay Lethal come in from ROH and be like, yeah, I I needed to, I needed to wrestle, and here I am, and like, but you can also like a guy like um. You know, for example, like if, if you had like, you know, if, if, if John Moxley was still in WWE, um, of course they would let him go, right? They would let him go and do his thing, like go, I mean, I don't know if <laughs> Vince's track record with dealing with alcoholism and, and drug abuse is, is not the best. To but, be honest, man, I, I think, well, I think like what I've heard or what I've read, especially like Moxley, I think recently talked about this, the culture in WWE was like, yeah, we'll let you go, but we're going to like, you know, it's going to fuck up your career and we're going to like, yeah harassing you're not gonna be in the same spot you're not gonna be in the same spot and it's like you're not it's like you know we're gonna make it competitive with your friends and people you like it's just like um so it kind of i'm hoping that we're moving toward that i mean these guys you know wrestling now is so much more physical and more physically demanding for sure yeah Yeah. way more than it used to be and we'll get into the generational comparisons in a moment <laughs> um yeah no i agree i think i think when you have um i mean like just like moxley just like you just going off that example it's like moxley <laughs> moxley fights in the worst matches you can fight if you have like physical issues right like oh, yeah. i quit match with eddie kingston <laughs> like that's 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 a match and a half like mm-hmm. he i mean he's always been that way too like coming from czw all that stuff like he's always he's always put his body on the line no matter what but i think what what's cool now is he had the opportunity and the the people behind him to be like i have a kid now i have a great wife i have a great life i need to better myself so i can become a better father and a better man as opposed to like putting everything i can into this company that i mean granted AEW is giving him a lot more than wwe ever did but I'm not going to put my life on the line if I can't better myself to be a better man in my personal life. And I mean, that's, it's, it's, you know, all, all shout out to Moxley, you know, for doing that. Uh, it takes, you know, credible strength. It's a shit ton of courage to do it, that shit, man. Incredible. Really and does. I'm, and I'm so like, so incredibly happy for that guy. Uh, I know he's yeah. like, he's had a, you know, very, very tough, tough upbringing, tough life uh, for him yeah. to kind of like, you know, have a family now and, and make that decision is huge. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we we don't have to go over the um the page uh, omega match honestly just go, if you haven't seen it go watch it right now stop what you're doing i I, I honestly like watching adam page like react to that so hard like i i hadn't watched him fight a lot right mm-hmm. like i haven't seen him wrestle a ton but just like knowing the story behind everything knowing what was going on and having the crowd just chant you deserve it like mm-hmm. he was never I don't, I think I may be wrong in this. I don't think he's ever been a world champion in anywhere he's gone. So I'll have to check that, but I don't think so either. Yeah. I think he's been a tag champion a couple of times. I know that. And I think in ROH, he was like the TV champ or whatever the equivalent was of the TV champ there. Um, But no, like, I don't think he's ever won a world title. So like having him beat Omega, having him, like, you can tell that he's thanking Omega after the match. Like it it was just, it was a perfect, um, perfect storytelling and perfect storybook ending to that. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think that this pay-per-view, I honestly don't know if any pay-per-view could ever live up to all out, but this pay-per-view for sure was up there because yeah. just, just the storytelling, the matches, the the finishes and everything that's going to come on Wednesday or Friday of this week, like 
it, it, it really, really put, I mean, AEW was already in a good spot, but it just kind of strengthened their spot right now. Big it's time. like the top company in heat, wrestling, which is heat fucking pay-per-view. Um, so good. It's just good to sit down and watch four hours of great wrestling. Good wrestling. Yeah, dude. yeah. yeah no, it just, wasn't a taxing event to watch and no. it was four hours long. It was like, you just sit there and oh, it's like, dude, it's over. I, I, I know oh, literally yeah. I'm like, dude, I, I would literally watch another hour. Um, right, exactly. But yeah, it's no, I mean, it's a terrific match. Uh, how are the Celtics doing? I'm going to guess. Hold on. Can I make a guess? I'm guessing we are down by 12. <laughs> no. So right now we're at the third end of the third and it's 64, 62 Celtics. Damn. Okay. The line. And All right, cool. so I, so if we're going to transition this into so I was looking at the standings earlier. I, w- I want to give you a guess. Don't without looking. Don't look at anything right now. Okay. Name the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, last I checked. Re- re- record-wise. 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 Okay. Um, Nets are at two or three. I know that. Okay. Okay. That's one. Um, Sixers are also top five. No. Um, I'm going to guess Cavs. Yep. Knew it because the Cavs have been my no joke favorite team to watch so far. Awesome, good. Awesome. Um, in the East, dude, like it's Cavs, Hornets, and then the West. Um, I don't even care. Warriors are so fucking cool. Um, I just love watching Steph Curry play. Dude, That's all I is, love. I just dude, watch, love watching was, Steph Curry play. Basketball. Sorry, I'll answer your question. There was a fucking move the other night where um, Draymond got the ball at the top of the key and like everybody's moving for the fast break. He points at a spot for curry to go curry also points he moved the whole like everybody's watching them do this <laughs> Dr- draymond throws it to the spot curry grabs it easy three and they still don't it's have just, like these guys don't i know dude that's the thing it's like once they get clay clay can be 70 percent of what he was they're going i mean at this point it's um then clippers uh western conference finals I don't, oh, even, 100%. don't even don't even joke I, about the and we called game. and you what's what's funny about this too is me and you called this at the beginning of the season hmm. as soon as as soon as you get Steph to 100 look out so, it, dude it's i mean he's and and what's crazy to me and again this is just you know first what 15 games in yeah he has more impact on a court than i don't i i think lebron ever did 100 100%, 100%. Because when you have a guy that can literally just like stop, stop at the half court line and just hit a, hit a three in your face. Dude, look what he's done for Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I mean, he's been Andrew, so good too. Andrew Wiggins is now, I mean, he was, he was a punchline a couple of years ago yeah. and awesome. it's like now Still he is. is, I mean, yeah, yeah, compared to what he should have been. Yes. Um, but I mean, now he's a top level contributing starter and it's like, I, you know what I mean? It, he's fantastic. Who's that other kid? Jordan Poole. Nasty, oh, Pool's awesome, man. Uh, Gary, Gary Payton the third man. Dude, he was a sec- I he was love a Gary Payton. He, he was rocks, a second round man. pick. He's exactly like his dad, and and I mean this in the sense, dude, that he's like an athletic ass version of his dad. It's fucking exactly. tight, man. He's, I love he's it. just as he's just as good defensively, and that's why I think he was picked in the second round, is because he's just he was so good defensively. Like you see guys like that, like Draymond was picked in the second round. Yeah, he was picked. I think I think Rodman was picked. I might be wrong about that. I don't think Rodman uh, was picked in the I second have round. No but, idea, to be honest. But regardless, like all dude, these even, great defensive uh, players, dude, fucking Evan Mobley was like. I, I mean, he was he. I think he was first round, but he I mean, he was high first. He was round. lottery. But, he was lottery, but he was 
considered less five. less than the other guys. I mean, dude, he right. is the best player in the draft class. I'm pretty confident. Unless that changes I, dramatically, he is. I, I will say, in what I've watched of Jalen Green, man, that kid is amazing. Jalen Green. Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham's good. good, too. Oh, my I other think, guess for the uh, – sorry, the top, top of the East. Are the Washington Wizards up there? So I'm going to give you the top four. Okay. First seed. First seed. It's the Washington Wizards. First seed. First Dude, seed. I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what's so funny? Who did they lose? Yeah, like, like. Who did they lose? Did. Who did they lose? Wait. Oh, who Russ. Was- <laughs> I was like, who did they lose? I'm like, oh, that's right, man. Like the biggest trade. And guess who they they fucking added? Montrez. Dude, Montrez Harrell should have been a starter when he won six man of the year. Bro, and then the Lakers the never bench. played him. They had never him on the bench him. in the playoffs. Unbelievable. Stupid. And he's, Stupid. And he's, he's the second best player on that team. They deserve, they, they deserve the fraudulent spot. When they he played, it. when he, when they played this, the Celtics, he was the best player on the, on the court both dude, times. He played us off the floor. It was nasty. Oh my God. Uh, All right, so I mean, dude, even, even Kuzma looks, Kuzma shockingly looks great now that, he's, yeah. now that he's off he looks, on the Lakers. He looks, he looks like what the Lakers thought he would become when they traded away. Isn't Lonzo it so and... funny how when people leave the Lakers, they do so much better. They 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 play the way people anticipated they would play. Exactly. Isn't that strange? Let's see. Well, it, Randall, what's, Brandon what's, Ingram. Yeah. Um, what's nuts to me though, Lonzo. Lonzo, even. Lonzo like Ball. Lonzo on, on the Bulls is unbelievable. But like Alex Caruso is great. Yeah. He's great. I, what's what's nuts to me though. When Cantor just got blocked the rim twice. <laughs> Dude, yeah. is Cantor uh, playing? Yeah, he is. Dude, um, he, so, did he CIA propaganda his way into minutes? That's so funny, I think man. I think um I they think should have played him 48 right minutes tonight. Just 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 so we can get washed by fucking. I love Jared I Allen. love this. I what I love is the the distinction between basketball Twitter and political Twitter, right? Like there's there's this whole heat for like Ennis Cantor's not getting playing time because he's outspoken against the NBA partner in china it's like he's not getting playing time because he fucking sucks he fucking like, sucks ass he's dude. terrible it's it's so oh, funny because you saw like you saw like breitbart have like you know the celtics are, are like on you know china's side and it's like it, it's funny like ime coach Yudoka had to be like no he just and it was so funny he had to like he had to put it in a way that was like um coach friendly. I, I can't just say that this guy sucks even though that's the case right. so he was like he was like <laughs> he literally was like Cantor can't really switch the way that we expect NBA players to switch, dude. He sucks ass. Like it's when we played when we played the Heat in that um in the conference finals um for, the, for the for the bubble. I mean, yeah. dude, you had Goran Dragic looking like fucking prime D Wade against him, just like off of off of any That's... kind of switch. He's just getting murdered. He's just literally uh, getting murdered. And what what's crazy to me. Is that, I mean, look, I get it. I get all of Twitter and all of journalism is just the headline. Yeah, right? yeah, big time, big time. But, but this whole thing with him is that they're saying, like, he's getting cut back on his minutes because he's talking about China. If you look at the last two weeks, he's had, like, five minutes of playing time Dude, in, like, two, one game. I don't think he's had any minutes in the past yeah, two weeks. This is the most, this is the most I've seen him play, and he's only played in, like, the first two minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, I... And, it, and look, I, I get it. You know, <laughs> I understand why there's a lot of hate for him on the political spectrum. I 
completely understand why there's a lot of hate on him on the basketball side of things. Yeah. But I just, I understand he wants to be outspoken. I understand that he's always been that way, but it's no, like, he's a, he's a CIA prop and he's dating, <laughs> he's dating the Rockefeller daughter. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, I, that, I, that's I, not I really the best look. I <laughs> hate Ennis Panther. I want him off my team. You know what, dude? Oh, let me, man. let me just go on a quick tangent. Quick tangent. <laughs> I, Brad, I hope Brad Stevens is mad at himself for bringing this idiot back. I saw, you know what? I saw people in Celtics Twitter today talking about, you know, mocking other teams for what money they spent. We're paying a guy right now. I sound like Feldred Mass. We're paying a third string center to go hang out at CIA Point headquarters. To go hang out. These motherfuckers tweeting about Joe Biden. Put up some shots, bitch. Put up some <laughs> shots. Damn it. Yeah. It's, why, don't you, uh... why don't you learn how to, how, how to, fucking what is it uh, what's the word i can't think of the word but the technical basketball word oh why don't, you to, why don't you learn how to back a guard out of the post dude because you can you, he has no movement no post moves <laughs> he has bro uh, like i just i just i think for me and look i get it i understand i think when <laughs> when they signed oh him back God. Cause this, that's what Brad did. Like he brought a lot of his guys back, right? Like he brought like Al back. He brought Cantor Al back. was a good like, move. Cantor, I still don't understand because we haven't, we haven't played him until he got, he literally just kept tweeting about Joe Biden until we played him. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> it's like, I think a do? big part of it, I think a big part of it is culture. Like I understand like, okay, you want to bring the culture back. He was a part of that conference finals run. I box out. That's the term I was looking for. He box out. gets he, like, he can't box out Kobe white. I don't understand why we're, why we're like, I, I can't, Kobe, I can't handle six you are, one. You are seven feet tall. Just fucking stand there and move and get your hands yeah. up. But he doesn't yeah. know how to do it. He, he is not. Yeah. Oh man. I can't even. Okay. Well, let me just say this. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to give him for Dame straight up. Portland can have him back. I, I don't even care. I don't even care. I'll, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take CJ if you want. If I'll say this about Dame, if Dame wasn't leaving this off season, he's not leaving at all. I don't think. He's oh no. Dame is never leaving Portland. I don't think he's ever uh, maybe leaving. Maybe the last year. Career. He'll have like the Tony sucks. Parker thing. Well, where he'll like um, play for somebody else in his last year. I mean, he, right. he won't guards don't really guards. His type of guard don't really have like crazy long careers anyway. Yeah. Um, but like, it just, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause I don't, I don't think, and, and look, a lot of this, no, dude, I'm, I'm sure Maury's getting it done. I'm, I'm sure, uh, Maury's getting that Ben trade done any day now. Oh yeah. Like the Ben, the Ben trade. Yeah. I mean, let, think about this though. So I was going to say, here's, all right, I'm going to give you the top eight in the Eastern conference right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, so it's the wizards at nine and three, yep. the Nets at 10 and four, the yep. bulls at nine and four. I thought the bulls were going to be a top five team in the East regardless. Yeah. Um, good. So their top three, Cavs are number four, Heat are number five, the Sixers without Ben are eight and six. The, the Knicks are seven and six, and the Hornets are eight and seven. So that leaves from last year's playoffs, one, two, three, that's four teams, five teams in the, that are not in the playoffs right now that were in the playoffs last year. That's the Magic, the Hawks, the Pacers, the Bucks, and the Celtics are not in the top eight. So, and I get it, again, this is only 15 games in, but when you have a team that is missing supposedly their top point guard, that's still winning, that's diminishing his value because are we talking about the Sixers? Yes. Okay. We're talking about the Sixers. So, <laughs> I'm joking. 
<laughs> you know, no. I'm like, sorry. They're what? Are they missing a point guard? Yeah, right. Oh. So you're missing. You're missing your top top point guard. I mean, people see as like a top five point guard in the league. He's not even close to top five. But like defensively, I understand. Like we were talking about earlier, all the other yeah, stuff yeah. that basketball players do on the court. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, when you when you wait this long, Daryl Morey should have freaking cut bait. Two months ago, as Dude, soon as this shit had, happened, they had Brogdon on the table and they said no. Like for what? I think it was Brogdon and Miles Turner. So I don't think it was I, Turner, but it was. Um, I don't think it was Sabonis. I don't think they. No, it wasn't Sabonis, but I, I know it wasn't Sabonis or Turner. Okay. Um, Whoever. Somebody else. If you get if you get a chance what? to get yeah, Malcolm Brogdon on your team, if you get Malcolm Brogdon on your team, man, and you can add a couple picks with that, you I jump with that tomorrow for Ben Simmons. If you get anybody that's going to give you a draft pick for a first round draft pick for Ben Simmons right now, you take it because at this point, dude, I mean, you might, you should move Ben for some kind of defensive depth because that's what you're missing. Tyrese Maxey is already a better scorer than Ben Simmons. I mean, I'm sorry. Am I wrong? And he's, I know I I slander this dude to death, but like, it's like, he really does like offensively really doesn't bring that much to the fucking table. Seth Curry is is gonna get his shots he's gonna space out um Joel, it's like i'm watching sixers game last year i'm like why the fuck is joel and beat bringing the ball up the court why 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 is he doing that because he has no other there's no other option for him to do it because it's like you, ben doesn't know yeah. his role on a team think um, about think about teams in the past that have had like generational centers like mm-hmm. the lakers right with Shaq yeah. or the rockets with hakeem right like these generational big men you cannot have a point guard that cannot shoot if you have a, a generational center because there's going to be a lot of driving kicks. There's going to be a lot of backing down, kicking out to the, to the open man. Yeah. Put Joel Embiid on the block, man. He's going to get doubled every time. So if you can have a point guard out there that can actually shoot the ball like a Seth Curry, Seth Curry could be the starting point guard for the Sixers, and I'd be okay with it. Like, yeah, this point, fuck it. it it's It's – you can't have somebody that plays the same way as your center. That is your point guard. Like I get it. He can distribute the ball. I mean, you even when also, he's under the, I mean, when Ben, when Ben's Ben's bringing the ball up, right. Defensively, yeah. what are you doing? You're waiting. You're waiting. You're, waiting. you're clouding you're, the fucking paint because yeah. where is he going to go? Who's exactly. he going to pass it to? He's going to pass no it threat. to. He's going to pass it to Joel Embiid or he's going to pass it to Danny Green in the corner, Seth exactly. Curry in the other corner. What are you Or doing? if he's on, if he's under the basket, he'll just pass it to Tyrese Maxey, who's cutting to the basket, like right. he did in the fucking playoffs. When Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons, you are six eleven with a seven three wingspan. Was he passing? Un- he was passing a Maxey, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he was, it, he no, was. it was it was it was was it, it was it was, it was I love I love Matisse. I, I have a, I have I a soft too. spot for Matisse. I do too. Um, um I I th- but when you have a guy like that, well, dude, he could he wasn't gonna go up against Trey Young, dude. <laughs> you were you were six eleven with a seven two wingspan, and you were underneath the basket by yourself with Trey Young closing on you. Trey Young is, is maybe six feet tall. <laughs> I don't even think he is. I don't think he's. I, I think feet. he's barely five eleven. Like he's, I, he's, I may be wrong. He shot Michael six feet tall. again. But no, I, it's like that's that's the thing. Um, Trey Young is six one. So. Oh, okay. In basketball terms, he's technically like five. He's, he's, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's, might as well be basically five. my height. Basically <laughs> my height. In basketball uh, terms, yes, like that's that's basically. So like that's my thing is as soon as I saw that last year in the playoffs, I'm like, get rid of him. Get rid, dude. He, the he's, minute 
I'm serious, dude. And it's, and I, you know what, like on our, yeah, I look at like everything I look at for other teams. I'm like, all right, how would I feel about with the Celtics? Right. Right. Um, one of the things that really bothers me about Tatum is Tatum is a 6'10", massive, long-armed freak, and he really doesn't try to go over people as much as he should. Yeah, he tries um, to shoot that, a lot more. That bothers me a lot because it's like yeah. – and it's also like he's he has – where that sucks is like he struggles with drawing contact, and now yeah. refs aren't really calling that. So it's like he was already not getting calls. Now he's getting less calls, and it's like, yeah. okay, if Huge they're not shot. calling that, just fucking – yeah. damn on these people you know what yeah. i mean uh what happened it's, what happened so it's now 78 72 celtics in the fourth um eight and a half left and i think it was shetty Ozman who's going off right now hit a three to bring it within three and then josh richardson just came down and hit a three on in transition so it was a big shot um hey look i get it for what he is, i mean i knew coming into this season he's a three and d guy so yeah i, I get mean, it barely a d but that's all right barely d I <laughs> Bare, barely barely d yeah. no like in, in all <laughs> intents and purposes i pick a scapegoat every year he is it this year i'd rather have him than uh jeff teague per se you know what right. i mean um, Cantor just lost the ball under the basket again so that's good there's there's a lot well, of stuff going on in the background else, that I'm what else does he do i'm sorry oh <laughs> does he do other things to, and it's and it's the most so this is this is the epitome of Celtics basketball this yeah, year. Yeah, Tatum's backing down freaking Colin Sexton, who's a full f- foot shorter than him. I'm already stressed. Tries I don't even to, have a game on. I'm stressed. <laughs> tries to hit a fadeaway Kobe-like jump shot. Bank bricks it. Cantor gets the offensive rebound and immediately loses loses it to Taco. Taco fall. Ta- no Taco. Way. Let me no let me reiterate. Ta- Hold on. Taco Fall, is who is Taco getting Fall, freaking minutes in the fourth quarter against Fall Enos Cantor. Owning Cantor in the oh yeah. So so let's talk let's talk about that for a second. Let's look at Enes Cantor as a player. Taco Fall is confidently playing fourth quarter minutes because whoever's coaching the Cavs, I I don't know who it is now. Uh he's he's a new guy, I think, this okay. year. So I, I um was like, haha, you know it'd be funny. <laughs> Because it's like, what are you worried about with Ennis Cantor? Well, look, what are you don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that Taco's getting minutes because, like, no, no, I 100%. It. But, but it's like Taco, Taco doesn't have, I mean, he doesn't have like a like a NBA level skill set. He is, just yeah, sick. he's just 7'6. He's just 7'6. Just put his hand up and, and bother yeah, you. He's right there. I mean, and look, and I think, I mean, I'd rather have Taco fall than Ennis Cantor right now playing fourth minute, fourth 100%. quarter minutes. So I think for me, what what i love about um i mean look and look don't get me wrong and just just like on cue talking about this like tatum after breaking that shot comes back down and gets a block like Mm -hmm. it's it's that kind of it's that kind of like stick-to-itiveness that i think tatum's gonna break out of this shooting well regardless i i I, there's no way that a guy like him can can keep shooting as badly as he is yeah Um, yeah. big time and and also having having jalen out just really does i hope i hope this is a and it won't be because boston fans are annoying but it's like i hope this is a lesson in you don't have to pick one or the other with these right you have to have you don't have to like be like well this one's better than the other we should keep this one it's like well you know what we have them both so now we don't both now we don't so now Tatum. you you when said Tatum something earlier Go ahead. that I saw on Twitter. You said something on Twitter earlier that made me. I don't remember kind of, anything I tweet. Go you ahead. said there's <laughs> one there's one guy that you would yeah. consider trading Jalen for. Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. He so is, he here's is the one exception. Yes. So here's my thing. I, I can would tell you, you why, but go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to ask. Hold on. Rubio three misses. Okay. So would you rather have 
Rubio <clears throat> next year. Yeah, next year. Would you rather have Al <laughs> being the way he is and have yeah. Jalen and Jason and then like an improved team around them? Or this summer, if say the Celtics like for any reason, knock on wood, miss the playoffs, do you trade Jalen? And then trade trade him for I mean, because look, not, here's the thing. Not so if you're quick, trading, but if you're um, trading Jalen to the Timberwolves, he's gonna have to compete with with Ant. And Ant plays pretty similar position. So that's that's what makes me think it's like, okay, like they might like Timberwolves might not even want Jalen. And not that he's not great, but it does they may, do they may be looking for someone like him. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, no, that's that's the yeah, thing. Forecast. So I don't really think I mean, and the Celtics are not gonna move Tatum, not that we would want. I mean, what you would want, right, is um cat cats what cat lacks a lot is defense in the post that's his that's his weak spot um tatum is if he were in a setting where there is another and we see this with brown on his hot nights when brown is firing from all cylinders and he's like going for 40 and like 35 or whatever tatum is able to focus on that defense bed he complements brown really well with that right um and that's why they work so well together cat is I would say I'm pretty confident saying this, not that it's controversial, is a tier above Jalen offensively, big time. Oh yeah, big He's time. Massive dude can score over anybody. Knockdown fucking three point shooter. Um, will literally. I mean, dude, who we talk about? I, it's so it's so funny because Jalen has like a graveyard of posters. So does Cat. Cat. I mean, yeah, and also does. not only that, Cat will eat a poster, and that's something I respect so yeah. much in today's. Well, I love Horford. Seriously, why I, I mean, dude, that's why I love, why I love fucking, Rob. That's why I loved Baines, man. Because like, yeah, Baines. Baines, dude, Baines would go up against Embiid. He would jump every time because yeah. maybe this time he's gonna miss. And so, I mean, yeah. there would there would be a back room or two, whatever. And it's like the guy puts his fucking body in line, does not care about you know ending up on ESPN. Whatever. So, so but here's anyway, my sorry, thing. trailed off big time. Um, no, so I mean, it all really all does depend on the team around them. I don't think many. Um, we would also have to package around Jalen where it's like, and I think um, Rob is a part of that package. Yes. So I need my, center back. my thing is like, do you, I mean, will they take, which I know they won't. It's like Rob smart, maybe Romeo picks probably not. Yeah. Right. That's too small. Way too small <laughs> for cat. It would, it, for cat, you would have to put Brown, Rob and like four picks. That's that's yeah. literally what you're gonna. Well, have to we're do. never gonna get that trio that I want. Never, never. Here's here's something really, something really funny just happened on the Celtics broadcast. So this is really bad, but they were okay. they were they were promoting Diabetes Awareness Month. Hell yeah! The camera showed like two of the fattest people in the fucking stadium. <laughs> it's like it's like um, there was an AEW. I think it was a John Moxley match that I saw recently that. They, they cut to he was using like a pizza cutter on somebody like in like a middle of like a hardcore match and then they yeah. cut to a pizza hut commercial where they're cutting the pizza with a pizza roller <laughs> <laughs> and it was oh, so all happened since, like it wasn't it wasn't planned or anything like that it just happened to happen and i don't know if that was it definitely wasn't intentional but that man, rocks so that well. that made me i was like that's that's good that's oh, it's, it's just like the two the perfect people to pick out for that they found him so, yo who do you got for anyway. uh, who do you got for mvp so far because I got two in mind. Oh my God. Um, 
So it's it's hard because again, we're like only like 15 games in. So yeah, I can't no, like, I know. It's it's it I is fun to like ask and wonder. Um, right. I can't say I can't say a guy like Giannis. I can't say a guy because Giannis is the, there's the six two, and eight right now. The two top leading MVP candidates are very obvious. I will say that they're very obvious. Are you thinking Embiid? Embiid's no, one of them. It's KD and it's Steph. I was going to say Steph, but then I also just saw the the shooting charts of of KD, and it's like, dude is dude is above average in every part dude, of the floor. From from just like just in front of the three point line, he shoots sixty percent, dude. Sixty percent on long twos. Like, what do you do? How do you guard, dude? From mid range, it's not even a joke. He, not I mean, only that, not only that. You can't guard him. He's seven foot with like a seven five wingspan, and he can hit anywhere. Dirk's like and, Dirk's whole arsenal is just something KD does for fun in games when yeah, you're up. Yeah, it's crazy. It's K- literally insane. What's What's even crazier to me is that Steph is just as efficient, and he's mm. like a foot shorter, and his and his arms are like a foot shorter than or yeah. foot shorter than KD's are. So like, basically, yeah. Imagine having those two on the same team. My yeah, God, KD and Steph that? on the same team. Um, but no, I, dude, I, I'm not, I was thinking about this the other day. I missed the 2017 Warriors. I'll be honest. They're so, just watching they them play, so man. Awesome to watch. If you and love it was annoying at the time, but it's like now it's like I now I want to go. You know what I mean? Hey, basketball in 17 was great. You had the 17 Celtics that were awesome with mm-hmm. IT. You had Steph and KD going off. You had that was the last year I think that LeBron was in Cleveland. That and was, that was the like last, actually the last year that Kyrie was in Cleveland. That was, yeah. Which, I mean, Kyrie Damn. was nasty that year. Um, speaking Crazy of, times. Speaking of, that dude needs a vaccine bad because I – dude, it's like I just want to see you play basketball, man. It's like – all right. So, like, with Ben stuff, it's like who cares because who really wants to watch Ben? It's like no – like, not. I'm not saying Ben Simmons isn't talented or whatever. It's just like there is no allure to Ben Simmons' game. He's not overall yeah, interesting. They're winning despite him. They Kyrie are Irving winning is games without him. Maybe. And I don't know if anyone – it's it's like people want to disagree with me on this. That's fine, but you're probably right. If not, Is he not the coolest player to watch in terms of just oh, like aesthetics? To watch him and, him and Steph are the two. Fan. Yeah, no, I him guess Steph, Steph absolutely. In terms yeah, like him and Steph are the two. Aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing basketball. 100%. I miss Kyrie – so much, dude. It, it, it's yeah. like it's like, dude. And he's posting like fucking Matrix gifts. Like, dude, get the fucking shot. <laughs> get the fucking shot. It's the same thing, though. Like I was saying before, with just Ben. Like, yeah, yeah. Nets are still winning, man. I they're know. Still, well, I, dude, they're it's gonna a win different case because it's 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 KD Harden. Yeah, Harden and KD on the same Harden, team. Harden's Joe also, Harris. Yeah, Harden's slowly making his way back too. Um, he had. I mean, he had shooting woes. I mean, people were really calling Harden wash. Harden years is in. Harden is struggling. And they are still 10 and four. That's what I mean. Because KD is so goddamn good. And like, it's the same. I, I, we keep going back to these guys. By the way, Ricky Rubio has 22 points in the second half right now. He is, um, he is right now what his, his draft prediction was. Oh, yeah. Well, he's, he's the he's, main. He's been I awesome. mean, I wanted, him. I, I wanted him after, I think. Instead uh, of shorter. When, when Ky- no, no, no. Like when Kyrie was on the way out, that was my. Because oh, I, I, I yeah, didn't yeah. think we could get Kemba. Um, I didn't even. I mean, I thought Kemba was a pipe dream. To be honest, um, then he turned into one. <laughs> I know. Um, nobody whole dude, Kemba experience. Let's. I mean, dude. To be honest, like Kemba as a as a creator was awesome for the Jays, and we miss him now. Like in that yeah. aspect, we do miss him. Um, yeah. I Although mean, I will say, shorter shorter has definitely picked up that slack. 
Schroeder's done a great. Lot. I uh, yeah. I really do. I love I love Smart to death. Um, but I want Schroeder running the ball a little more than I want yeah. Smart running it at this point. Um, I think I think and I I think I thought about this too, like at the beginning of the year, because like. I didn't know how Marcus was going to do as like the primary ball handler and like the way that they're playing right now and like five minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, there's really one guy missing from the lineup that it's just Jalen. But like my ideal lineup right now is Schroeder at the one smart at the two Jalen at the three Jason at the four, and then put Al or just cycle Al and Rob at the five. Cause like the thing is, and obviously the Jays play better when they're both on the court together because they're just, that's who they are. Mm -hmm. But like, I've always said this, like, the reason why Kyrie, Kyrie, IT, and Kemba never, I mean, never would have worked with these guys is because they all look for their own shot. And what the Jays need is somebody that can go in there and facilitate and can make their own shot, but also can pass them the ball when they know they need to. And I think I texted you this earlier, like the other day, like the way that the reason why I thought Schroeder was going to be so good for them is because that's exactly who he is. He's always been that way, like an OKC. And uh, I think he was in Atlanta for a while. And then yeah. when he went to the, when he went to the Lakers and the Clippers, like he was always the guy that can find his own shot and score you 30 on any given night. But when he needs to pass the ball to LeBron, when he needs to pass the ball to, you know, whoever's whoever else is on the team, he knows how to do it. Absolutely. And yeah, I he's been much, just, much less. A lot of people have been talking about him being like a ball. Hog. I haven't really seen it. And that's like when he yeah. does, when he does hold the ball, he uh, typically to. scores it. Like he, yeah. he's a really really good score um yeah and i think a lot of i think a lot of the losses this year for the celtics has just been beating themselves 100 i mean we had that and, fucking brutal loss to uh the bulls man where we just fucking tanked ourselves destroyed um, and that was the thing too and then was it against the bulls too that we literally like after the second half or during the second half just like went off like i was thinking about like 33 to Miami, that's what Miami, it, was. it was Miami. I mean, Miami's where are they in the standings, by the way? They are they gotta be fifth. Third, fourth, fifth. fifth? Okay. Fifth. Um, I mean, Miami is arguably the best defense right now in the league, and we absolutely yeah. exposed them, which is awesome. Destroyed them. Um, and that's the thing, too, is that we I mean the game the game is three and a, there's three and a half minutes left, and it's 88-85. Like that's that's the thing that they've been doing so well this year is defense. Yeah. And the Celtics, at least. And like once Jason actually starts hitting some shots this team is going to completely take i don't think i i thought they were going to be in the eastern conference finals this year i don't see it right now but if jason tatum can, again yes but if jason tatum can go off like he does at the end of every yeah. year right like there's that yeah. stretch from like january to like the playoffs where he just kind of just explodes like if he can do that and jay and jalen can be consistent like he always is i think this team could be a top three seed hmm. um i think I the Bucks, even... Bucks, Dude, people are so afraid of like going to the play-ins again. It's like, who cares? Like, that's fine. Dude, we're it's not a chance for the playoffs. This is, my, this is my thing. Like, I think being in Boston, and I know you see this from kind of like an outside of the city thing. Uh, how's Chicago, by the way? Oh, it's great. Cool. It's awesome. <laughs> nice, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I forgot to mention that. I moved to the part of the reason why it took us so long to get back on the pod is because I oh, moved. Oh, yeah, folks. Uh, Brand lives in Chicago, man. Um, <laughs> halfway across the country, I moved. So, so here I am. So, um, <laughs> And and I'm, I know I know you've seen this outside the lens and, and we like we talked about I know we talked about the turn when he was on which uh, nobody has heard yet because I haven't yeah, updated yeah. <laughs> it. Um, but it was I mean Boston is very bratty and whiny yeah. and they expect everything you know um, right now right now and yeah. we drafted two general generational wings 
Um, yeah. it's, they're not winning a title this year. They're probably not winning a title next year or the year after that. And that's fine. And it's, it they just the need growth. that third guy. They really what do. I, and all I care about is these guys never missing the playoffs because they haven't yet. And that's all I care. Just it's developing. Like, yes. Develop. That's all they have to do. Build, you figure out, because the, the thing is, and this is why Brad's moved to this position and it's, it's not going to happen just yet, but Danny couldn't figure out how to build a team around these guys. Very obvious. I, uh, trust me, I knew that with, uh, yeah. the Jeff T signing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this cage signing in the first, in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can't, uh, I can't take that off Brad's plate, but I'm sure he regrets it now. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's going to take some years and it's like, you, you gotta let these guys grow. I mean, dude, how old was LeBron for his first title? I mean, he left and joined D Wade. He was it, 20. Like, he was 28. He was 28, 28 when that for happened. His, yeah. For his first, first fucking well, title. And you look at guys like like Steph, right? Like Steph relatively won it in pretty – I mean, I guess he was like 25 because he was drafted in 09. So it took him like six years to actually get dra- – to actually um, win a title because he which also had to play so around him. quick because we oh, – we so quick. I mean, we don't think – we think about that now as like because we're used to it, but it's like that is a very quick title win. How old was it's Larry, this- dude? Yeah, it took him a while. To, I think he was drafted in like early seventies, and it didn't. Like, say, it took him to like the early eighties to get get a title. He was like twenty seven, so, right? Yeah. At well, least. and the same thing. Well, the only guy that you can look at that like actually won really young is Kobe. But Kobe had Shaq. Kobe had like, Shaq, dude. That's so yeah, much like that's so different. And he also had freaking um, Phil Jackson as his coach. Yeah, like he I had mean, like he had all the pieces around him that he needed. And like I. I you, go, you don't go into the first year with having a new GM and having a new coach and expecting to win a title right away, no, right? Like, that's never going to happen. And I, I love – I think Ime is doing a great job. Don't get me I'm, wrong. There's, I'm iffy on him, but I'm starting to come around. There's a, there's always a feeling out process. Yeah. Like, there's always, 100%. like – obviously, preseason and, and summer league are always going to be different. So, like, yep. first 15 games – whatever but you've seen those flashes of the team that he wants right like you've seen like in the bowl in the in the heat in the heat game that's the game that's the team he wants the offensive right. juggernaut who can stop you defensively that's how you win a title in, in basketball you right you have a great offense but the defense is everything that's why the celtics in the early in the early 10s and 2008 were so good because they had kg and and they had um fuck i forget his name um Oh my God. The, the defense, Tony Allen, they Tony had Tony Allen, Allen yeah, on the yeah. team. They had Paul Pierce, who was great defensively. Like Kendra Perkins for all the bad takes he has was actually a pretty good defensive center. Right. And Rondo, Rondo was a great defensive point guard. Like that's how you're going to win games and win titles. And it's hard for me to look at this team and like be super, super disappointed because it's like, mm-hmm. they're doing what they need to do defensively. And as long as Jason Tatum can start to come around, that's all that matters. Like he needs I mean, to just come around. You're expecting, I mean, it's a lot of expectation for J- Jason Tatum as a two-way player. I mean, this guy doesn't, right. this guy's no slouch on the defense. He, he came into the go, year thinking he was MVP. He'll go, That's what it was. he'll go three for 17 uh, in, in, in very Kobe-like fashion. Um, yeah. But I mean, dude, he's no fucking slouch on the other end. And his defense has taken kind of a dip with, um with his, like, since he's had COVID, which is, sucks it really does suck um but i mean he he's still like a high quality defender on the other end yeah um and he's i mean he's going to improve gonna get better jalen is i think he gets a little too much credit for defense uh he's i think he's getting better him on ball is good off ball he you know he does he does miscues he's just kind of like 
I think he gets too focused on the ball movement and not his defender, which I do. I respect in a wing player, um, yeah. but his off-ball defense needs definitely needs some work. But I mean, it's <laughs> nothing just, else about his game does. So. Right, like I, I think, I think for like pound for pound, like offensive talent and defensive talent, he's probably top five, top two, or top five two-way player in the league, Jalen Brown. Um, because of you know, his yeah, offense, because I, dude. I mean, last defense. year the best the best mid-range shooters in the league were uh, Embiid, Demar Derozan, and Jalen Brown. Um, which is crazy because he shouldn't even be there. Well, uh, yeah. you know what? I, that's, I didn't even put it that right. It's no one expects him to be there. I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. So we're going on pretty long here. So let's, let's do this now so we can get this out of the way. So we have a new topic, a new, uh, I guess, segment that we're going to do here every now and then where, and this is something I had never known how long the history of, professional wrestling is and yeah. it goes back to like the 1850s so what chris's idea was was to bring a guy from like old 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 era we're wrestling. talking we're talking early 1900 like we're talking like the incarnation of like back to catch as can greco-roman wrestling um when when this like gorgeous george era for anyone who, right. who knows their history like really really old like old old school wrestling yeah. I mean, we talk about to one of the ones recent, like a modern like wrestling. we're taking the whole basketball thing with you know Bob Cousy versus Kyrie Irving. Like we're taking that right. uh, to wrestling. So, and I, I'm gonna, what I'm what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the challenge on. I'm like, I'm not going to do like you know, um, fucking Pedro Morales versus you know the Undertaker or right. Randy Orton. I'm gonna guys that are similar in styles. Well, I, I mean, not even that. Like, like I'm going to take guys that are you know not the you know the kenny omegas of today right um, right you know, guys that you you know but aren't like the best in the world right it's now. like all right yes yeah like everybody knows Shawn michaels is better than uh you know fucking buddy rogers all right like it's like right. that's people know that that's a given um, that's a given right so we're we're kind of evening the playing field here um so let me introduce you to evan lewis uh he was the Let's see. Let me let me get a year just to kind of give you guys an idea. So uh, I think I've got it right here. So he was debut. He debuted. Hold on. So he debuted in eighteen eighty two. Eighteen eighty two was his first. And, was his first wrestling match. Was eighteen eighty two. I five foot nine, hundred eighty pounds. Uh, unified the world's catch as can and American Greco Roman heavyweight championship in a best five match against Ernest Robert. Uh, I looked up how to pronounce that just for that moment, just to fuck it up right there. Uh, <laughs> it's also it, catch as catch can. It's not just catch as catch. Catch, catch as catch can. Catch as catch, catch as catch. Um, <laughs> big big Van Halen fans on the pod. One yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he's credited with perfecting the strangle hold, the neck yoke, um, which is what it was called back then. But today is is called the sleeper hold. Obviously, it's what right. we know it as. Um, and I'm going to compare him to... Um, just I, you know, I was I was jotting down notes while watching AEW, and I'm looking at a guy like Luchasaurus, and I'm thinking, well, that's a pretty even playing field, right? You know, you got uh, Luchasaurus. Oh, but- yeah, it's I mean, it's you know, he's six foot five, um, 275 pounds. Uh, he was ranked 105 of the 500 best uh, singles wrestlers in the year of 2020 by PWI. Um, you know, I, I talked about the finisher for. Um, for Evan, Lucha's got the choke slam knee combo. He kind of like does a choke slam to the knee, flips him over, whatever. 
Um, so we thought about, you know, these guys going, going one-on-one, um, we're talking just run of the mill singles match, nothing fancy, nothing special. Right. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're not going to do, do any like no DQ stuff. Um, right. And, 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 you know, going back to the, to the rules of those days, like, you know, these guys couldn't even leave the ring really. Um, so, you know, whatever, we're, we're just taking it just standard how we know wrestling matches today. Um, right. So anyway, yeah, like, you know, bell rings, uh, Luchasaurus catches Evan Lewis with the choke slam, choke slams him on the knee, flips him over, pin one, two, three. Um, <laughs> Evan. <laughs> so stupid. So, well, you, so have to, you have to understand. And Evan, let me just give Evan Lewis in here. his day uh, in 1910 never got choke slammed at all, let alone onto somebody's knee. Uh, Luchasaurus is six foot five. We're, we're guessing he goes at least, at least seven feet in the air. Uh, th- I mean, this guy was this, you know, Ray Mysterio size, maybe smaller. So he's five. We're comparing a dude who's six, five, 275. Brandon, this to is a guy at his playing fields. I, I need to give a little context. For carefully the orchestrated this. Let me, hold on. Let me, let me. So Evan tries okay. to go for the neck yoke. The sleeper holds. Uh, Luchasaurus is again six foot five, two hundred seventy five pounds. Catches Evan by the throat, uh, lifts him up in the air, choke slams him. Uh, only needs one because Evan Lewis in Evan Lewis's day, you could literally lose to a snapmare. Um, so, <laughs> yes, absolutely. So let me um, let me just uh, let me just give a little context here. So we talk a lot about the measurables for for Luchasaurus six five, two seventy five. You know. Pretty, pretty run-of-the-mill wrestler now these days. Let me give you the measurables for Mr. Evan Lewis, who wrestled, again, from 1882 to 1899. At his height, dude is 5'9", 180 pounds. So, dude, he, he, he did him like fucking bat- when Batman gets snapped over fucking Bane's knee. Is it? <laughs> but, like, way worse. Because this guy is, like... If you can tell the way that this segment is going to go from now on, no, this is pretty much completely even playing field, man. We do not joke around. This is a respected sport, uh, all right? Um, you know what, dude? That's doing. We're going to respect we the old school because wrestling we, develops and changes, but the athletes do not. They stay they, the, the same. The modern wrestling fan thinks of the the the. the the old school wrestling as Hulk Hogan, not even, mm. not even Hulk Hogan, like Bruno San Martino, mm. right? Like those Dean Malenko, like those are guys that you think of as old school wrestlers. Luchasaurus, is, Luchasaurus well, versus Bruno San Martino. Lucha, <laughs> bell rings, Luchasaurus grabs Bruno by the throat. <laughs> Bruno struggles. He tries to get some kind of momentum going, but Luchasaurus' uh, arms are just too long. Basically, what we're saying nowadays is that wrestlers back then were wrestling against plumbers. We are now wrestling 100%. against actual wrestlers. No, no, no yeah. No. These days, they're actually professional athletes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Shawn so Michaels would beat the dog shit out of Pedro Morales, by the way. Well, so let me, Buddy let me Rogers, just say this. Buddy Rogers would get his shit kicked in by Randy Orton. <laughs> Absolutely. He would get just taken to fucking school, man. Bruno, the, the matches that I would want us to do on this mm. segment, which I know we're never going to do, it's like a like a like a John Cena versus Bruno Bruno San Martino, right? Like John Cena the would, height. would 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 pick him up, 
bell rings. <laughs> Attitude <laughs> adjustment, bell fucking rings. Bruno San Martino has never left the mat from higher than three feet. Ever. Do you ever. think do you do you think Vince? If these the guys, if these guys saw a Russian leg sweep, they would have called the police back in back back in 1905. If they saw, they saw a hurricane. If they, hurricane if they Rana, hurricane they would have burned someone at the stake <laughs> over a Hurricane Rana. Imagine, like, imagine a top rope, imagine a top rope Samoa Joe pump up buster. The, oh my God. The, the, the catch as can, the catch as catch can crowd would get their pitchforks out. They would have, they would run this man out of town. He would have a bounty if, on his head. Imagine being a fan, hunters. imagine being a fan going to like the local gymnasium in like, I don't know, but fuck Texas. Everybody's and you're going their, to see a wrestling their match. Their eye focals on because they can't right. see. Yeah, they can't see the, the the ring that is seven feet in front of them. Exactly. You have this match that we set up today, right? Evan Lewis versus versus freaking uh, Luchasaurus. <laughs> first of all, first time they see Luchasaurus, these people would shit themselves. This dude is coming out in a dinosaur mask. Dude, they would think he's, he's a Greek it. god, dude. <laughs> exactly. Not only that, not only that, but to finish this match, actually to start the match. No, this is to finish it. He gets the choke slam on the knee, lays him out. He gets up to the fucking top rope and lands a fucking shooting star press on this dude who is 5'8". This is a 6'5 man leaping through the air, flipping in air. Not, not forwards. No, no, no. He's not flipping forwards towards him. He's not doing a somersault, not a senton. No, no. This dude is flipping, jumping out and flipping backwards well, this, onto this, this man. The small Victorian child who who saved up <laughs> a, 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 a seven months of shoeshine money to watch the I guess show. a veteran of the civil is, fucking war. He's <laughs> dying on sight. He's dying on sight. The minute, the minute he this sees... Dude, Kenny Omega do a do a <laughs> a one winged angel a freaking VTE trigger like just a knee tr- like a knee against the ropes to the fucking face like this is the kind of shit that like I mean back then of course all pro wrestling was a work of sh- I'm sure back then but like this is stuff that like these people I mean people until like what the 60s 70s even didn't know that wrestling was like predetermined so like you have this man. People think this man is actually a dinosaur. Imagine, imagine Gorgeous George getting taken to Suplex City, baby. <laughs> Suplex City. Honestly, Gorgeous George like, is getting folded up like an accordion. Brock Lesnar Rick, screaming in his face. Paul Hammond is, is grabbing this little Victorian laughing. child by the face and laughing. <laughs> it's like in the dungeon in, in New York. Like just fucking grabbing this like little kid and like laughing. The thing is too is that like like back back in the seventies, I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining Paulie just like just like just just fucking Paulie calling this like, calling this little Victoria child a fucking loser. Of course, of course, that's exactly what he'd do. Because here's the thing, right? Like back in this eighties, Hulk Hogan's leg drop was the most destructive thing in wrestling. So you have a fucking six five man grabbing a man by the throat, lifting him seven feet in the air, and slamming him on his knee. That's 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 freaking I, I can't oh, I, Andre the Giant getting freaking body slammed was the highlight of the 80s for wrestling. And it wasn't even the, the first highlight. time. Wasn't even the wasn't first, even the first time, time it happened. Wasn't wasn't even the first time. But him doing it at WrestleMania 2 was it two or three that he was it two that, that it happened? Three. No, it was three. It was three. three. Yeah. So whatever so whatever I watched, WrestleMania uh, it was. I watched I watched Savage uh Savage Steam out the other day. And it felt, okay. I, I said this on the other pod, but it uh it like felt so good to just like exit the fucking exit the fucking to the menu screen before that match started that 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 the fake the, yeah the, it, <laughs> when you have going the clown freaking wrestling the pl- at wrestlemania sorry, one the, the plumbers match in the in the main event with uh hulk hogan and andre the giant 
Oh man. And and like here's the thing too. Like Celtics win. Yeah, they won 98 really? 92. Um, yeah. Okay. So just to touch to put a button on the Celtics game. So I, I and I know this is probably gonna come out like a week after this game even happens, but um, so a lot of defense at the end. Ricky Rubio hit like three threes like in crunch time and of they course kept, no one like no some, one covered him i assume because why the celtics no. kept coming down though and hitting threes right, like they right. kept coming down and hitting shots like i told you like with four and a half minutes left it was 88 82 celtics it ended mm-hmm. 98 92 so a big like 10 on 10 run and it, nice. it looked it was a good game it was a great game the celtics it's came so, back and won it which cool. is what matters but anyway i just put a button two on this whole <laughs> heaven lewis versus lucid source thing mm-hmm. look I get it. The, hey, like if you're if, if you're listening, by the way, look up a picture of what Evan Lewis looks like. Yeah, and, it's, and imagine, it's like it's imagine his it's exactly what you think it is. His it's exactly his, like, what you think it is. His WB Mason paper looking motherfucker. Just getting, I think I think he's I think he's actually wrestling in loafers. I think he's wearing loafers in the picture. I'm I'm, I'm looking at that. So he has that like you know like barber shops when like like the hipster barbershop where they have like the guy in the front with his like fist yeah. like pointed toward himself. Uh, imagine, imagine that guy in your brain with like the handlebar mustache. That is what Evan Lewis looks like. So imagine He's the him, epitome of like old school tough guy. Imagine him just eating Popeye a, looks. a knee choke slam. He's not getting up. He's never getting up. Like, <laughs> he's, the he's, thing is, we look at we look people, at the people hold. in the crowd are fainting. It's not even yeah. a joke. <laughs> like the sleeper hold was meant like is nowadays more of like a, just like a wearing you down kind of move, right? So like people see a sleeper hold and they're like, okay, like Dude, what's the next used to move? Be, in those matches, people used to be in sleeper holds for like three hours, man. I, I, people, I, like, people used to pop at the sight of a freaking of a freaking chokehold. Like that's that's and we I'm this this whole segment, at least the way I'm looking at it, mm. is a way to show how completely different. Not even, not even 1880s wrestling. It's like to dunk 1970s. On the old it's what it's for. Yeah, it's, to dunk on the old it's, it's really to own boomers for what it for is. Sure. Yeah, it's it's but, when I when I catch when I see uh, a basketball fan, an older one, talking about Jerry West, right? And I'm like, you know, it'd be super funny if I reminded him that uh, who's, who's the name I can pull up? Kyrie Irving can dribble. N- not even. It's just around. like D- Dennis Smith Jr. would make him quit basketball. It's crazy. Well, and that's the thing too with <laughs> basketball, right? Is that like that and even wrestling would just like do one crossover, and Jerry West yeah. would, would snap his ankle, like just well, it's the thing would fall yeah, sideways, and his feet would still be on the ground. And that's the thing too. It's that's it's just like comparing the eras, comparing the styles, and like I mean, like I was saying, like even seventies wrestling, right? Like mm-hmm. people would pop at the sight of Hulk Hogan just dropping his one leg on Andre the Giant and pinning him. Like nowadays, you do a leg drop, the guy's kicking out at one. Right. If a leg drop happened in the 1880s, that's a that I mean, I could imagine I can imagine pro wrestling back then was more was more of just like a take on amateur wrestling. Right. It was. Oh, a yeah. Lot of, and it was also like a lot it was of very holds. it was very visual. I mean, that's why right. like H- Hogan, Bruno, that's why these guys were so such big stars because they were different. Yeah, they were massive guys. You know what I mean? They yeah. Were like doing so these- like. Yeah, you have like you have, and I'm sure like back then it was like a lot of like Greco Roman, like catch oh, yeah. can, like just a lot of a lot of like rolling on the mat, and like that's that's what people wanted back then. Right, I totally right, understand right, that, right. but the the athletes that people are now, mm-hmm. and like the science that people have behind their bodies, like there's no way back in freaking like could you imagine a guy? I mean, I'm trying to think of a guy who's like as big as Luchasaurus was like in the '70s. Like, could you imagine a, like on like Ultimate Warrior trying to do a shooting star press? Do you imagine a guy like freaking Ultimate like, Warrior couldn't could do a wrist lock? 
<laughs> exactly. Like Macho Man, for as great as he is, and RIP, I think this is his birthday today. He would be like 68 today. Is it really but, like Macho's birthday today? That's so yeah, cool. I think it's Macho Man's birthday. Nice. But like, so like Macho Man, like his whole thing was the elbow drop off the top rope, right? And that's and that's like holy crap, this dude's dude's like six. I, I can't remember how big he was, but at least six five, six six, like as big as yeah. his biggest Hogan was. Randy was like six five. I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was as big as Hogan was. So like. Or is so like when you see him flying through the ring or flying over the ring, that's a spectacle, right? Nowadays, you can't just fly over the ring and do an elbow drop. You need to do like a flip into a, into an elbow yeah, drop, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of that, a lot of the way that wrestling is seen nowadays is because of the Mexican influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of this recently where it's like you see guy. I mean, Luchasaurus is Mexican. Luchasaurus is, is from Pennsylvania. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No. He's, and, yeah. Like he's, you see, if you look at Luchasaurus without a mask, it's, it's like hilarious. He looks like fucking yeah. Jason, Jason Momoa. It's exactly. <laughs> he yeah. Looks like he's a just a big hulking dude. Yeah. Right. But like the way that wrestling has changed, is just like, and, and a lot of this is mainstream because of Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio really brought that like flippy flying all over the place um, style to the mainstream. So oh, like nowadays, Lucha influenced the mainstream in the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who could have possibly been responsible for? I okay, for all the, right. Let's, the high flying mainstream style. If, if, you, if you're gonna make this about Shawn Michaels again, I swear to oh, God. Oh, Brandon, it's so funny that you mentioned Shawn Michaels because that's <laughs> who I was thinking of. God damn you! Um, but no, that's but that's the thing. Like, of course, Shawn yeah, yeah. brought the high flying stuff, but like. Nobody really saw Luchador in the United States on the mainstream until Ray got here. And I mean, I'm sure there were a couple before. I mean, I think wasn't Ultimate Ultimate Dragon, wasn't he one of them too? Yeah, you know what? Well, we should look up the history on that, honestly. Um, Yeah. But 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 even then, Ray was in WCW too. Um, Ray was in WCW too when Ultimate Ultimate Dragon was there too. So, like, you kind of look at and you look at the mainstream stuff, like, I mean, Eddie Guerrero, Chavo, like uh, the, the, just the, the Mexican influence into wrestling nowadays. It's just, it's, it, it seems like it's so, it's been so long, but it's so recent in the history of wrestling that like, mm-hmm. cause like even in the nineties, right. Like there wasn't uh, even the attitude era, there wasn't really a lot of that luchador anyway. It was more yeah. of like just brawlers, like stone cold in the rock. Like the rock was probably the most flamboyant guy out there. And it was just because yeah. of the selling I mean, nobody yeah. can sell a stunner like the freaking rock. So like, right, right, right. it's, it's just, it's, it's cool to me to kind of like, now that I'm watching through a lot of the attitude era stuff again. And like, I mean, it just, it just puts into perspective, like how the attitude era was so good because it, it brought wrestling to the mainstream. And then, I mean, again, brought wrestling to the mainstream again. Um, but just the way that everything's changed just since this short, such a short time period. Like wrestling in in late '90s, early 2000s is completely different than what it is now, which is it's just cool. Like it, it's just cool because you never know. Like the Japanese influence is getting way bigger now too. Um, I mean, it's always been huge in Japan, but like now that more Japanese guys are coming over here and wrestling, like it's just it's just cool. And it, and it goes the same with any sport, right? Like I mean, I'll bring it to 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 football, right? Like or no, I'll even even better baseball. So baseball nowadays oh, right. is seen as baseball is seen nowadays, and Chris is the biggest baseball fan out there. Mm, that's right. You know, big baseball lifelong, fan. Went to lifelong, Red Sox game once. lifelong baseball guy, <laughs> sixty-nine. Yeah. No. So what happened? So like with baseball, is that baseball is always known as like a pitcher's game, right? Like you you have like all the strikeouts and all like the like the defense side of it. Mm-hmm. When the '90s came around and steroids came around, it was all about the home run. 
right? Mm. Like guys like Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds were juicing up and hitting like 800 home runs a year. That's what made baseball so popular. It's the way it should be. Now it, yeah, it, it absolutely should be. But nowadays it's become so technical and science-based that like the game is just so much slower than it ever has been because people are focusing way too much on like, all right, so what should I do in this situation as opposed to I'm just going to do what my gut tells me to do. And that's what, what's cool about wrestling nowadays is that like these guys are being trained in a sense that like, I don't have to do catch as catch can. I can do catch as catch can. I can do Lucha stuff. I mean, we were talking about pack earlier, like pack is high flying, but he's also ripped so he can pick mm. you up and throw you when he wants to. So like the reason again, the way I, the reason I'm bringing this up is this is the way I'm looking at the segment is that when you're comparing these guys from the 1890s to like the two thousands, it's just because it's just to show how completely 100%. different the world has changed from wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also to get that's these my jokes take. off. Also to get these jokes off. Also true. Um, also just right, to say rings the bell and then that's it. Hundred percent. It's super funny to to own the old people. Um, all right, yeah, we got to wrap up. I got to uh, I got to go move my car because Boston rocks. Um, yeah, and, that was uh, episode cool. five or six, whatever. However, we're going to do this. We're uh, again. I don't know where this is going to be posted or when it's going to be posted, but it will be up. It'll uh, make. We'll, sh- I'll put it up. We sh- I sure we, will. We sh- we should make sure to always uh, to always plug the SinPod Twitter. Sin oh, underscore yeah. pod one. That's right. Um, if you ever have any suggestions of old wrestlers that you want us to compare or whatever, or just want to yell at us for doing stupid segments like you this, can you can literally come on the show and and tell us. Honestly, we, we this is an op- this is care. a hot mic. Whoever wants to come on here, please come on here. Um, Brandon and I have and, no self respect yeah. as people. You no self respect. You can say whatever. It doesn't matter. I have no self respect and I have no respect for anybody else. That's right. So that's right. That's bring right. it, bring it on. Cause I'll <laughs> bring, bring it on, baby. <laughs> bring it on, baby. Cause I'm here. So All right, thanks folks. for tuning in. If you did, we'll, we'll see you next time. Uh, hello to myself later editing. Yes. Uh, hey, Chris, this is. <laughs>